What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Why is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your WrestleMania Sunday Night 2 post-show. I am coming to you live from the OTS venue. I am JD from New York. And I want to welcome you to the WrestleMania 38 post-show right here on Off The Script. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday mornings, right here on OTS, wherever you may be. You know, they had Mark Wahlberg do the introductions for this year's WrestleMania, man. The opening video package for WrestleMania. And one thing that he said tonight that always rings true, it's not something that rings true all the time. Because there are instances where the sequel was better than the original. But there's this thing where a lot of people always say that the sequel is never going to live up to the original. Part two is never going to be better than part one. And that's exactly what we got tonight. Night two did not gets to a point where it was better at any point tonight than night one. After what we saw last night, I didn't think WWE was even going to come close to topping night one of WrestleMania. And I'm not saying that as if it was a complete disaster tonight. I'm not saying that as somebody that's generally hates everything on the show. There were a lot of things that I liked about tonight's show. There were things, obviously, that I did not like, things that I even said on Twitter did not belong on this show. But night two was not, in any way, shape, or form, better than night one. Honestly, it's it felt like it was a... Super SmackDown show with a WrestleMania budget. That's exactly what it felt like tonight. Everything was pretty much the same. Nothing nothing really changed as far as presentation. There were no real surprises tonight. Nostalgia was running high. And WWE pretty much built this show 
on Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Winner take all. WWE title, universal title on the line. Unification match for the ages. And WWE and all the hype around this match saying it was the biggest match of all time in WWE history. It did not live up to any of that. It did not even come close. It was a joke. The main event sucked. And these are glaring issues with WWE when they go on and do a WrestleMania show. Everything's got to be the biggest ever. Everything's the best ever. Everything is the biggest of all time. The greatest of all time. You can't go out there and say that and then not deliver. You can't go out there and say that and then deliver what they delivered tonight. I can name five matches off the top of my head now that are better than what we saw in the main events at WrestleMania 38. This shit sucked. That main event was largely disappointing. It was fucking lame. And WWE should be ashamed of themselves. But this is the problem that they run into when they want to build everything around Brock Lesnar. I'm sorry, folks. Lesnar may be great. You may love Brock Lesnar. Lesnar may be the beast incarnate. You may have a fucking thing for Brock Lesnar. You may have an infatuation with Brock Lesnar, but Brock Lesnar's lazy. Brock Lesnar doesn't need to do any more than what you saw of him tonight. And that's the problem. You want to continue putting guys like that in the main event because they draw money. You want to continue putting guys like that in the main event because they are bigger than anybody else that you had on that show. But then you run into the problem where it's the same shit every single fucking time. I'm not living in the 80s where I'm looking at Hulk Hogan fucking Hulk up and deliver the big boot and the fucking leg drop and send everybody home happy. I don't want to see that. We're in a new day and age. Where the main event of WrestleMania should be the best match of the entire weekend. This ended up being one of the worst matches of the entire weekend. And I don't stand for that. Lame. Lame. Reigns and Lesnar and WWE should be fucking ashamed of themselves. This is also the problem that you run into with a two-night WrestleMania. You load up night one because you want to Set the tone. You want to set the stage for what's going on for the entire weekend. And then you obviously skimp on night two. WWE had such a great night one. I even came on here and I praised most of the show outside of Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. Night two, there was more of a 50-50 feel to it. There were things that I really liked about the show. And then there were things that got me saying to myself, Fuck, I'm bored. I'm mostly looking at my phone. I even stopped taking some of my notes halfway through the fucking show because I was disinterested in it, and I felt like I was watching Friday Night SmackDown. It's not really what I want to feel as a fan watching WrestleMania. That's the problem you run into with the two-night WrestleMania. I appreciate a two-night WrestleMania. I like a two-night WrestleMania better, but that's on you, WWE. That's on you, Bruce. That's on you, Vince. You got to do a better job at booking these shows and giving us captivating matches and storylines that we actually give a fuck about and not something that is not even worth my time on Friday night. That's the problem. That's their fault. Lesnar and Reigns sucked. As you guys now know, Roman Reigns is the undisputed World Heavyweight Champion of WWE. What does this mean for the WWE? What does this mean for the brand split? I don't know. Are we ending the brand split? 
Is Roman going to retire the Universal Championship like I think he should? He should end up retiring the Universal Championship and moving on as WWE Champion. Nobody's beaten him. Nobody's even come close to taking that Universal title off of Roman Reigns. Retire with the title. One title, that's it. Roman Reigns should be on Raw and SmackDown if you're not doing the brand split and not ending it at this stage of the game. Though they should. Because Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown would be a much better show if the brand split was non-existent. So where do we go from here? Hopefully we'll find out more on either Monday or Friday. We don't know when Roman Reigns is going to be back on television. More than likely Friday. Edge and... Edge, I was going to say Edge and Seth Rollins. That's another great match that happened last year. Edge and AJ Styles. Edge and AJ Styles had one of the best matches of the entire weekend. Not the best, but it definitely lived up to expectation. I I enjoyed this match for what it was. It was a great Edge match. It was something very similar to what we've seen of him in this three-year run he's been on. He's had some barn burners with Randy Orton. He had a great match at WrestleMania last year in the main event with Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns in a triple threat match. He had a fantastic match with Roman Reigns at Money in the Bank. He had great matches with Rollins, one on SmackDown, and then the other inside, Hell in a Cell. Great stuff there. Edge is an absolute master at what he does. He gave us a great match with AJ Styles tonight which we saw now a little deviation in this new heel turn with Edge. He's now bringing together a faction of individuals, starting tonight with Damian Priest. We'll go over that as well. Damian Priest aided Edge in beating AJ Styles tonight at WrestleMania. Easily one of the best things of the entire show. We had to wait two hours to get to this match tonight, and it was one of the few things on tonight's night, too, that I was looking forward to. Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn. This was a fucking circus. Not saying that I didn't enjoy it, but it was a fucking circus. I enjoyed it because I enjoyed the Jackass movies. I've been watching Jackass my entire life. Ever since they came out, I enjoyed the Jackass crew. But what we saw tonight was embarrassing. It was a shameful act by WWE that this was even allowed to be on the show. But I enjoyed the fuck out of it. I laughed. I enjoyed it for what it was. But it sucked. If that makes any sense at all. Does not belong on a WrestleMania show. In fact, it could be something along the lines of if you invited people over and you were watching this shit and you said... Hey, I'm a WWE fan. I'm a pro wrestling fan. And you showed them this. They'd probably kick you out of your own home. That's how bad it was. But I enjoyed it for what it was. I was sports entertained. And Sami Zayn, man, whatever the fuck they're paying him, raise it. Sami Zayn is a goddamn gem. It's a fucking trooper, man. There's not many people that would put themselves through what he put himself through tonight for our entertainment. That's a world-class athlete. That's a world-class professional wrestler. And this guy had fucking mousetraps all over him. And he got kicked in the nuts about six different times tonight. Because Jackass loves their dick. The Jackass crew just loved dick jokes and dick mutilation. That's exactly what they did to Sami Zayn tonight. 
And then we got the best thing of the entire night. We got the best thing of the entire night. Pat fucking McAfee, man. How great is Pat McAfee? Sky is absolutely incredible at every single fucking thing he does, man. That match with Austin Theory tonight was easily the best thing of the entire show. That crowd came alive more so for Pat McAfee than anything else on this show. He is amazing. And if he wants to continue doing these one-offs when it makes sense, I would happily see him in the ring again. Then we got Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon had to get into the ring. There were rumors that it was going to be Pat McAfee versus Vince McMahon. Thank fucking Christ. It didn't end up being that from the start. That was the original plan and the rumor. Thank God we got Austin Theory in there. Vince McMahon had a singles match tonight at WrestleMania against Pat McAfee. That all led to Vince McMahon getting the last laugh. Ha ha ha. And then him getting one final stunner probably for the very last time by Stone Cold Steve Austin. Nostalgia was running high in everybody's minds, in everybody's veins at the AT&T Stadium tonight. Did we enjoy it? Yes. Did we forget what year we were in for a little bit? Absolutely. Was it cringe? Yes. But we were sports entertained. You know what this reminded me of? You know what this reminded me of? And we saw Triple H tonight. We saw Triple H tonight and God rest You know, God bless his soul. That man is a fucking legend. God bless that man's soul, man. He came out tonight and he embraced us and showed us love. They showed him love. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of A Tale of Two Cities last night and tonight. It's almost like last night we got a Triple H show. It's like Triple H last night fucking booked WrestleMania. Why was it so good last night? Look at the great wrestling we got last night, man, all over the place. Reminded me that Triple H was a master of what he did in NXT. Felt like Triple H produced and ran last night's show. And tonight, it was all about the sports entertainment aspect of it. It's almost like a tale of two cities. Felt like Triple H produced last night's show, and Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard produced tonight's show. That's what it reminded me of. It's unbelievable. But there were things that I liked. There were things that I hated. There were things that were in between that I felt indifferent about. And we're going to go over it all tonight on Off the Script, man. I I appreciate you guys joining me. I know it's a Sunday night. I know you guys have to be up for work. Hopefully you guys stay with me for the majority of this review, man. If not, it'll be there in your sub boxes. It'll be in audio format on Spotify and all other audio platforms it's a Sunday night, man. Early Monday morning. I know some of you guys got to go to work and get up. I appreciate you hanging out with me on this Sunday night. My WrestleMania only happens once a year. I'm exhausted. I'm losing my voice. We got Raw after Mania tomorrow. Cody Rhodes is already confirmed for the show. He will be blessing us with his presence, telling us why he is back. It's going to be one for the ages, man. Cody Rhodes on Monday Night Raw. Nobody saw this coming at the turn of the new year. Should be big. And Veer, man, Veer Mahan is coming 
to Monday Night Raw, man. I think more people are excited about Veer debuting than anything else on tomorrow's show. Should be awesome. I'll be live for Monday Night Raw, as always. The Raw After Mania, always the biggest Monday Night Raw, right here on Off The Script every single year. Can't wait to see what happens there. You guys killed it last night, man. We had 5,400 people live for the night one post-show of WrestleMania. We got 4,800 tonight. People are still filtering on in here. You guys already blew the 1,000 like minimum away. I see 1,200 plus likes, man. Can we get 2,000 likes minimum on today's OTS WrestleMania 38 night two post-show? Hit that thumbs up if you have not done so and you're in the chat. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go check out everything that you might have missed, man. It's all on the homepage. WrestleMania last night. NXT stand and deliver. Ring of Honor. Supercard of Honor. We did AEW. We did Extras. We did NXT. We did AEW Dynamite Monday Night Raw. It's all there, man. There's so much content on the channel. If you missed any of it, go check it out. Today's show is sponsored by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. You guys are going to use that code JD at checkout for your free sample. As always, BlueChew.com. Get your Super Chats in. I see you guys are rocking and rolling with the Super Chats, man. Get them on in. We'll hang out and read through them like we did last night, like we do every night. We are live. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. And hit that join button, man. Become a VIP right here in the OTS venue. Become a channel member. I even left you guys a link pinned in the live stream chat. So you guys got easy access to it, man. Click it and become a VIP right here on Off The Script. And once again, shout out to my mods, man. You guys have done a fantastic job all weekend long. Holding the fort down, man. Love you guys, and thank you for all of your support. Let's get into night two of WrestleMania, man. We're going to start off with Triple H. Triple H came out to start WrestleMania, man. The absolute best way to start WrestleMania night two. You heard that iconic theme music of Triple H come on. The PA system, he walked out, he was wearing his business casual attire. He looked great. Always great seeing Triple H, Paul Levesque. He relished in it, man. He just stood there and embraced everybody. Walked down the ramp. He took all the time in the world to just feel the emotions. This is the first time he's been on main roster television since his cardiac event. And he's been all over the place doing interviews and telling people a story. He was last interviewed in the big coming out party where he announced his retirement and told everybody exactly what had happened with his cardiac event. He was interviewed on First Take with Stephen A. Smith on ESPN. And he documented everything that he went through and how he was feeling. And then he kind of threw it out there that he's done as an in-ring performer. He retired formally to the ESPN network. And the world. He came out. He did the whole Triple H stick. He hugged his family, his daughters. I believe his friends and family were out there as well. Uh, we had Gable Stevenson out there. He even acknowledged Gable Stevenson sitting in the front row. 
He gets on the ring apron. He does his signature water pose and spits water out like he usually does before he enters the ring. And he gets in the ring, and he, he's really just living in the moment, man. He's just taking it all in because he knows this is going to be the final time that he's going to hear this type of reaction for him at a WrestleMania, a crowd this, this large. He puts his boots down, his wrestling boots in the ring. And this is not the only time we've seen Triple H on WrestleMania weekend. This is not the only time we've seen him on TV this weekend. He was actually at the uh, NXT stand in the liver show. He came out after Tommaso Ciampa lost to Tony D'Angelo on Saturday afternoon. Ciampa is more than likely done in NXT. I wish he's done with WWE, period, because I don't really have any hope for him on the main roster. But more than likely, we'll see him on the main roster really, really soon. I think Monday Night Raw. But Champa lost to D'Angelo, and as Champa was walking away, Triple H's theme music hit. Triple H came out, embraced Tommaso Champa, and they both looked like they shared a very special and emotional moment. Tears in both of their eyes. Triple H saying goodbye to Tommaso Champa, and the heart and soul of NXT is pretty much leaving the brand on Tuesday night. So that was a special moment. That even got me. Because you guys know how important NXT Black and Gold was to me, man. I'll always cherish what Triple H did with the Black and Gold, man. Some of the best product that the WWE has ever produced and stamped their name to is what Triple H did with the Black and Gold. He put his boots down in the ring and he said, For all the love you guys have showed me, I want to show you guys that same type of love back. Thank you. And he welcomed us all to WrestleMania. And there was no better person to get the stage started tonight than Paul Levesque, man. We all love Paul Levesque, and hopefully this is not the last time we see him on television. Hopefully he does get healthier and we start to see him, you know, kind of just ingrain himself and get back to doing some of the great things that he used to do with WWE, man. The man is so knowledgeable, and the man has created a lot of what you see on television right now. So hopefully we see him at least get involved with molding the upcoming stars, all the new stars that are about to make their way to WWE television, man. There's nobody better than Paul Levesque. RK Bro, the Street Profits, and Alpha Academy. This was for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Tag team division on Monday Night Raw, pretty weak. It's kind of pathetic. RK-Bro has been the single most over tag team in all of WWE. They're not even a real tag team. They're not. It's Randy Orton and Matt Riddle, two singles guys. Pretty much cosplaying as a tag team, but it's worked. And the reason why we haven't seen the split, which everybody thinks is coming sooner or later, is because they're so over. And they are the Raw Tag Team Champions. Street Profits, they feel like they're in the middle of nothing right now. There's not really much going on there with the Street Profits. Alpha Academy, you got to give it to Chad Gable. You got to give it to him, man. He's taking this gimmick, this shush thing that he's doing, and the whole, you know, the, the whole education thing and the Alpha Academy thing with Otis and everything that he's done. He's taken the ball and run with it, and he's owned it. And this is the best Chad Gable that we've seen on television since he's debuted 
with WWE. Excellent stuff by Chad Gable, man. I, I don't think that WWE realizes how great Chad Gable is. I don't know if they really understand what they have in Chad Gable. Montez Ford did a crazy spot where he looked like he was going for a stinger splash in this match, but he leapt over Chad Gable and did a flip dive, wiping everybody out on the outside. That legitimately happened in the first three minutes or so. This was a triple threat match. Uh, One guy from each team was in the ring at the same time, the way that it should be. Gable followed with a moonsault onto the same group on the outside. Alpha Academy was in control early in this match. They worked over Riddle for a little bit as Ford uh, remained on the outside. Ford, he got back in, but Gable turns him inside out with a monkey flip. And this was a crazy monkey flip, man. Normally, the monkey flip lands the guy who's slipping on his back. Montez did another revolution, landed on his face. So that was great. And that just goes to show you how athletic and flexible Montez Ford really is. Riddle fought off Gable and Dawkins before making the hot tag to Randy Orton, man. Randy Orton has been the master of the hot tag, man. Absolutely bonkers. Does the crowd go crazy for Randy Orton? Orton hit Montez Ford with some clotheslines, a power slam, a backdrop on the table. Gable ate a backdrop on the table. That's Randy Orton's signature spot. Happens every time in every RK Bro match. Orton and Riddle gave Ford and Dawkins draping DDTs at the same time. Crowd was going crazy. They set up for RKO's. And the crowd wanted to see RKO's. But they were yanked out of the ring by Gable and Otis. They stopped the incoming RKO's. Alpha Academy gave Dawkins a huge, uh, I believe it was a Steiner Brothers finishing move. So Dawkins was on the shoulder of Otis, and then Gable came off the top rope with the Bulldog off the top rope. I don't remember what they called that finishing move, but it was the Steiner Brothers' signature finishing tag team move. So that got them in near fall. They thought that they had won the match, but they did not. Ford went to the top rope. Riddle brought him down. This was crazy, man. The the ending-closing sequence of this match was crazy. So Ford's on the top rope, and... Matt Riddle is on the apron. Ford is looking like, oh, no, I'm fucked. What am I going to do here? Matt Riddle from the apron springboards on the top rope and does an RKO of his own on Montez Ford off the top rope, springboarded into the ring. Then Randy Orton was in the other corner. Gable was going to come off with a headbutt and and try and steal the victory. Went up top for a flying headbutt. Randy Orton was there slithering, waiting underneath Gable came off with the flying headbutt, and Orton caught him in the flying headbutt with the RKO. One, two, three, and RK Bro retain the tag team championships. Fun match. We've seen a lot of these triple threat matches on Monday Night Raw for the tag team titles. The one that they did on Monday Night Raw several weeks ago that went nearly the entire first hour of Monday Night Raw That was the best version of the triple threat match that we got with all these teams. That one, I believe, included Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. But this was fun. Lasted about 10, 11 minutes, and RK-Bro retained the tag team championships. Now, I am quite concerned about WWE's lack of vision here. 
I don't know what they're going to be doing. I don't. Randy Orton and Matt Riddle have no other competition on Monday Night Raw. None. They've beaten everybody. Now, unless we we see the brand split end, then that would open up the uh, entire floodgates for the tag team division, and then that would lead to WWE merging the tag team divisions and merging the titles just like they did a unification match tonight with Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Unification match for the tag team championships. All we need is one set of tag team championships. I've been saying this since 2016 on this very platform. That's the one thing that would fix the tag team division, and nobody seems to listen to me. Nobody cares to go out there and do what is right for the tag team division. So where do they go? You know where they go? Edge and Damian Priest have this thing going on, and about, you know, a couple of days ago, there was a report about Edge forming this faction of pro wrestlers on Monday Night Raw, almost like a new brood. So we got Damian Priest. He's the first guy to join Edge and this new unnamed faction so far. But there are other names that are being recruited and other names that are going to be added to this group. Do we see somebody like Edge throw his name into the hat for the tag team championships, teaming up with Damian Priest, and we get Matt Riddle and Randy Orton versus Edge and Damian Priest. We get a throwback to rated RKO. Then it's Edge and Randy Orton on opposite sides of the team, on opposite sides of the spectrum. I don't know. Or maybe it's somebody else that Edge wants to enlist. I heard names like Dijak, T-Bar. I heard names like Elias also possibly joining this act under a new gimmick, under a new name. So we don't really know what's going on. We'll find out more on Monday Night Raw, but that's what I fear WWE is going to do because there are no other tag teams right now on Monday night as RK Bro has kind of run through all of them. So at the end of this match, we got the Street Profits being gentlemen, and they wanted to share a beverage with RK Bro, and then they invited Gable Stevenson into the ring. He jumps the barricade, he gets into the ring, and they start pouring him a beverage. And then all of a sudden, Shad Gable comes out of nowhere and knocks the drink out of Gable Stevenson's hand. RK Bro and the Street Profits bounce out of the ring. Stevenson looks pissed off. Gable gets on the microphone. He's getting booed out of the building. Stevenson takes the microphone away from Chad Gable, and Gable takes it right back and tells Stevenson that he's a rookie and he's got a lot to learn about being here in WWE, and Chad Gable's personally going to teach him a lesson. So at the end of this all... Stevenson takes Gable, he bear hugs him, and he does an overhead belly-to-belly suplex on Chad Gable, and Gable Stevenson's WWE career is off and running. He is going to be the next big thing in WWE. I don't like how people get fast-tracked, but look at what they did with Ronda Rousey. A lot of people said Ronda Rousey was given one of the best first years in WWE history. Look at Lesnar's first year. Look at Kurt Angle's first year. They're going to follow the same blueprint with Gable Stevenson. This guy is going to have a rocket strapped so far up his ass. Gable Stevenson is going to be a major world champion within the first 12 to 16, 18 months. This guy is going to be top of the mountain in WWE before you could even get used to seeing him on television. That's how desperate they are 
to find the next big thing. He's going to be their next Kurt Angle. But how much charisma does Gable Stevenson have? I don't know. I don't know how much charisma Gable Stevenson, Gable Stevens, uh, Stevenson has. I don't know. So we'll see what happens, man. Not everybody could be a Kurt Angle. Does Stevenson have the charisma of Kurt Angle? Probably not. Not many people do. But WWE is going to take this guy and strap a rocket so far up his ass, you're going to get sick of him very quickly. Because WWE is that pathetic and that desperate for a new talent. So Gable Stevenson and his WWE career was off and running after this tag team title match where RK-Bro retained the tag team titles. Bobby Lashley versus Omos. You guys know how I feel about Omos. The mighty Omos. Omos! Right? Everybody knows Omos. Bobby Lashley got taken out of the Elimination Chamber. Everybody thought he was injured. He was legitimately injured. It was reported that he was injured. And Bobby Lashley made his return against everybody's report. Everybody said, oh, Bobby Lashley's going to be out four months. Bobby Lashley's going to be out four months. He's going to miss WrestleMania. Bobby Lashley was back last week, showed up at WrestleMania, was given a match with the mighty Omas. Don't know why this match even took place at WrestleMania. This is one of the reasons why night two was not better than night one. I don't know why this match could not take place tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw. Not everybody deserves... A WrestleMania moment. Bobby Lashley deserves a WrestleMania moment or a WrestleMania match, right? Does Omos deserve a WrestleMania match? No, he does not. No, he does not. The guy can't even fucking throw a collar and elbow tie-up correctly, yet you want to put this guy on the biggest wrestling show of the entire year. Not really what I want to see when it comes to WrestleMania. The mighty Omos. Omos has already hit his ceiling in WWE. They already knocked him off his feet. That happened last week on Monday Night Raw. Bobby Lashley had the honors of doing that. But WWE, with doing that, I said last week on the Raw post show that they already gave you 75% of the match. That was one of the selling points to even booking this match in the first place, taking Omos off of his feet. So you took him off his feet on Monday night. Why the fuck do I give a shit about seeing the match on Sunday night at WrestleMania? I don't fucking care. Who gives a shit if Omos is undefeated? Who's he wrestled? Who's he wrestled that he's been so impressive against that he's got this great undefeated streak? Who gives a shit? So WWE gave us this match just for the sake of giving these two guys a WrestleMania match. That was basically what happened here. The match sucked. The match had no business being on the show. Omos has no business being in the ring. Omos and his ceiling has already been met. Omos, if it was up to me, if my name was Nick Khan, man, Omos would be on the unemployment line after WrestleMania. Guy is now utterly useless. What is there for Omos to do? Nothing. You did everything you could with Omos, man. And he almost killed Bobby Lashley tonight with a botched maneuver. Not the first time that that's happened either. Bobby Lashley started this match. He went for a big boot on Omos. Omos called him with a clothesline right down to the mats. And that was at the start of the match when the bell rung. 
Bobby went for a suplex. If there's anybody that's going to suplex Omos, it's going to be Bobby Lashley. But Omos stopped it, clubbing forearm to the back. Omos then, uh, he, he pretty much to me is the great Kali 2.0. That's what Omos is to me. He's taking a page right out of the great Kali. He did a vice grip on Lashley's face, man. Wow, exhilarating stuff by Omos, man. The, the, the face grip, the vice grip by Omos. Lashley tried to pull Omos's hands apart. Omos gave him another clothesline right down to the mat. Lashley then slapped Omos out of anger. And then another clothesline by Omos down to Bobby Lashley. He goes down to the mat. So we got a thrilling wrestling match here, folks. A vice grip and three clotheslines by Omos. It's great. This is on its way to being a five-star match by Dave Meltzer standards. Omos then started splashing in the corner. Bobby Lashley was in the far corner. Omos tried to splash him, stinger splash him, running splash him in the corner. And there was this clear mishap. There was this mistimed issue with Omos. Very weird situation. He went to go splash Bobby Lashley, and it almost looked like he was about to get hit by Bobby Lashley. But Lashley moved out of the way, and Omos, he almost kind of went into the turnbuckle at the same time. He went 50 into the turnbuckle and 50 into Bobby Lashley. I don't know what he was thinking. I thought that that was the moment that Omos thought that Lashley was going to fully move out of the corner and he was going to go right into the turnbuckle. But Bobby Lashley did, n- did not move out of the turnbuckle all the way. He staggered there for a little bit. So it was a very weird spot. Looked like a botch to me. I don't know. So, Lashley did counter. Omos uh, broke out of a hurt lock. Bobby Lashley put on the hurt lock on Omos. He got out of it, and Lashley is down off of a fourth clothesline by Omos. Lashley then was dumped over the top rope. Omos took forever to go out there. Referee was up to like a six count. Then Omos is like, oh, maybe I should go outside and uh, I don't know why I'm letting this guy get back to his feet, Omos. What a fucking dummy. Maybe he didn't listen to the referee's count. Maybe he doesn't know how to count. I don't know. So, Lashley jumps onto the apron. Lashley went up top. Omos caught him in a fireman's carry. Sloppily slammed him down. Lashley gets up, a couple of shots off the rope. Omos slows it down. This was a boring matchup until this point. What do you think Omos does? A bear hug. Match was boring up until this point. Omos is like, maybe I should put him in a bear hug. Then this is where Omos almost killed Bobby Lashley. So, this bear hug is applied. He slammed Lashley in the bear hug position. And Omos is like eight feet tall. He takes Bobby Lashley and throws him into the turnbuckle. And Bobby Lashley went into the turnbuckle with such a whiplash effect. And Omos is so tall that 75% of Bobby Lashley's body went into the steel post. And the other 25%, his lower half, went into the fucking corner and into the turnbuckle. Bobby Lashley's head hit the steel post out of this bear hug position I would be shocked if Bobby Lashley does not have a concussion. 
This guy is a dangerous threat to everybody, man. Just start calling him the Nia Jax pupil of WWE, Omas. Lashley fought back. He looked all right. I don't know if he is. Went for another suplex attempt, and he executed a snap suplex on on Omas. Looked pretty good. Lashley with the spear. Another spear. He goes for the cover, and Bobby Lashley pins Omas. This is the first loss in WWE for the mighty Omas. Omas is finished in WWE. He will never be a WWE champion. This guy will never be taken seriously. The crowd did not give a shit about this at all. They enjoy Bobby Lashley to a point, but they don't enjoy Bobby Lashley in there with somebody that the crowd knows does not know how to wrestle. This shit sucked. This shit should not have been on WrestleMania's card. I could have done without this. You could have given more time to legitimately anything on that show. You could have given more time to New Day, Sheamus, and Rich Holland. You can give more time to the opening Raw Tag Team title match. You could have given more time to the Fatal 4-Way Women's Tag Team title match. You could have given more time to Pat McAfee, seeing that he was the best thing on the fucking show. No, but Omos needs to make the fucking card because WWE needs to get everybody their WrestleMania moment. This shit sucks. And Omos, he's finished. No longer should be on WWE television, man. Goodbye. Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville. This is an anything goes match. I did not know what to expect here. I thought this was going to be a very quick boom, 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 get in there, get out match by Sami Zayn. But then I got to thinking, you know, Johnny Knoxville is a crazy son of a bitch. This guy is not afraid to throw his body around. So God knows what this guy is thinking of and who knows what the fuck he wants to do out there. For all we know, Johnny Knoxville would have jumped off the fucking uh, the, the mezzanine level. And killed himself tonight. That's how crazy he is, man. He's a jackass stuntman. So they took that and they absolutely played that to their advantage tonight. He took some pretty sick bumps tonight, did Johnny Knoxville. So did Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn, man, he is an absolute trooper. This guy is an absolute gem. Whatever they're paying him, whatever he signed on for with his new contract, WWE needs to give him some added bonus money, man. This match was something of, and I used this at the top, it was a tale of two cities. I did not expect anything coming out of this match. I was not interested in this match at all. In fact, I loathe this type of fucking celebrity appearance on a WWE program. I don't believe how this match made the show and Johnny Knoxville had a bigger match than the United States champion Finn Balor and Ricochet, the Intercontinental champion. That shit bothers me. Should not be. A tale of two cities, man. I thought this was a fucking embarrassment. But for some weird and bizarre reason, I enjoyed watching what I thought was a complete circus. Again, it had no business being on a WrestleMania show. But somebody in the back clearly enjoys circus-like humor. And I'm looking at you, Vince, and I'm looking at you, Bruce. 
they probably got their dicks hard over the lame comedy in this match. Sami Zayn, he deserves a hell of a lot of credit, man. There's not a lot of people that would put themselves through what he put himself through. He ultimately made himself an embarrassment for us and our entertainment. So I have nothing but gleaming things to say about Sami Zayn, man. WWE doesn't deserve Sami Zayn's services. That man is selfless and gave us a comedy match and did it brilliantly. But the fact that this was even entertained on a WrestleMania show kind of is pathetic, in my honest opinion. Sami Zayn at the bell immediately went to, it was a GCW-style match, absolutely. TLWG Keith in the chat. It was a GCW-style match, man, and nobody wants to emulate GCW, man. Nobody wants to be a part of the uh, mud show circus that is GCW. Sami Zayn at the start of the bell, huluva kick right at the belt to Sami Zayn. I thought it was over. I thought it was over. Knoxville rolled to the outside. He did not even get a chance to cover. Johnny Knoxville did Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn follows to the outside, throws Knoxville into the barricade right in front of all of his friends. All the jackass crew is right there, front row at WrestleMania. So Knoxville went underneath the ring and he sprayed Sami Zayn with a fire extinguisher. He had the fire extinguisher in his face. Knoxville pulled out a trash can, weapons in the trash can, there were stop signs, there was a cookie sheet, there were trash can lids, there was a crutch in the trash can. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So he pulled out this trash can of weapons. Zane stopped him and rolled him back into the ring. Sammy took the cookie sheet out of the trash can and started to attack Johnny Knoxville with it, smashed the cookie sheet right over his back. Then he takes the crutch and smashes the crutch over Johnny Knoxville's back. And then he throws trash can, the trash can itself, at Johnny Knoxville. He went for a cover and Knoxville kicked out at a two. So Knoxville's getting his ass beat by Sammy Zane. Sami Zayn then goes to the outside. He goes underneath the ring again. He pulls out a table. He pulls out a regular table. Sami then somehow gets shocked. He goes underneath the ring again, and he gets shocked by something. He's like, ow! Puts his hand underneath the ring, and something looked like it shocked him. Underneath the ring. He lifts the ring apron up, and he sees that there was another table underneath the ring that had mousetraps super glued to it. There was a full table 
underneath the ring with dozens of mousetraps all over it. So he pulled that out. He set that up on the outside. So Knoxville took advantage while Sami Zayn was busy with this mousetrap table, takes the trash can lids and takes the trash can lids and starts beating Sami Zayn over the head with the trash can lids. He nailed Sami Zayn with the stop sign in the back. Knoxville set up one of the tables that Zayn pulled out from underneath the ring, the one without the mousetraps. He set that up horizontally in the table uh, in the corner of the ring that he set up that table. He then has this backfire on him, Johnny Knoxville. Sami Zayn took advantage and did a exploder suplex on Johnny Knoxville through the table that was set up in the corner. Fine. Knoxville's taking some bumps. Good on him. Zayn went for another haluva kick, and Knoxville, he blocked the haluva kick, not by moving out of the way, not by countering it somehow and catching Sammy in the running motion of the haluva kick. Johnny Knoxville had an air horn, and he blew the air horn, and this stopped Sammy Zayn dead in his tracks with the haluva kick. All of a sudden, Chris Pontius, naked man, gets in the ring. Chris Pontius, if you guys watch Jackass, loves self-mutilation of his cock and balls. I am not joking. Anything this man could think of, he self-mutilates his dick, does Chris, Chris Pontius. And he loves dancing in skimpy thongs. There's something mentally wrong with Chris Pontius. I'm letting you know right now. He gets in the ring and he starts dancing. He starts dancing around. He's choking around with Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn is looking at this guy like he's a fucking freak. And he pulls his pants off. He reminded me of Chris Joseph, Big Dick Johnson. You guys remember Big Dick, Big Dick Johnson in WWE? He used to fucking grind and shake his fucking cock in the ring during the Attitude Era, right? He's there, standing and dancing in his thong. Zayn blasts him in the face. He goes out of the ring. And Sami Zayn goes to the outside. He goes underneath the ring again. And then he goes underneath the ring and he gets bit. Somebody bites him underneath the ring. And all of a sudden, we see Wee Man. Wee Man crawls out from underneath the ring. And he started beating the shit out of Sami Zayn. Crowd's going crazy. for Wee Man got one of the biggest reactions of the entire night on WrestleMania Night 2. Zayn then retreated into the ring. Wee Man followed. Wee Man body slammed Sami Zayn. Wee Man has a better body slam than the mighty Omos. I kid you not. Wee Man has a better body slam than Omos. Wee Man then went underneath the ring on the outside. He pulls out this mechanism. He's got this big mechanism that's the size of him, probably bigger than he is. And it's a single boot. It's a prosthetic leg with a military boot on the end of the foot. What is this going to be used for? What is it going to be used for? Of course, somebody's going to be kicked in the dick. Who's going to be kicked in the dick? It's Sami Zayn. So, Sami had enough. He gave Wee Man a haluva kick, kicked him in the fucking face, blasted him in the face with this haluva kick, knocked him out of the ring. 
Sammy then went up to the top for a high-risk move. Knoxville had a remote control in his hand, and he pushed the button on this remote control. Fireworks went off behind Sammy Zayn that came out from the steel post from the turnbuckle, and he crotched himself on the top turnbuckle. He fell into the ring. He laid in the corner, and Knoxville took a bowling ball out of a bag and hit the 7-10 split on Sami Zayn's balls. Yes, this all happened. If you're asking me, J.D., are you describing and going over the Jackass show? Is this a comedy show or is this wrestling? No, this all happened on the show tonight. This all happened on the show. The robo boot, that mechanism with the prosthetic leg, oh, you know it. Sami Zayn got hit in the balls. He got hit right between the fucking legs. His cock and balls were destroyed by this prosthetic leg. Knoxville then chased Zayn with a taser. And Zayn ran into a giant swinging hand on the outside. He got blasted with his swinging hand. Zayn didn't sell this for long. He got back into the ring, followed with a suplex. Zayn went up top because he thought he had. Sami Zayn had this idea that he was going to win the match and end Johnny Knoxville. He goes to the top rope. Knoxville grabs another tool out of a bag and he's got these tongs, these pliers, and he grabs Sami Zayn's balls with these pliers. He throws Zayn off the top rope to the outside of the ring. Sami Zayn goes through the table with the mousetraps super glued to it, lands through the table, mousetraps going off everywhere, and Sami Zayn gets blasted through this table on the outside. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Up until this point, I don't even know what the fuck I'm watching. So the entire Jackass crew then see Sami Zayn on the outside. They bring him back in the ring. Johnny Knoxville and crew pull out one final giant toy underneath the ring. And it's this giant fucking mousetrap. They slide the mousetrap in the ring. And Sami was set up on it. At first, it didn't work. But apparently, Johnny Knoxville knows his fucking mousetraps. He knew how to configure it so the fucking trap would work and spring onto Sami Zayn. The mousetrap pinned Sami Zayn down. Johnny Knoxville gets on top of Sami Zayn. He's got nowhere to go. One, two, three. And Johnny Knoxville defeats Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. Johnny Knoxville won his WrestleMania match. Logan Paul won his WrestleMania match. And Pat McAfee won his WrestleMania match. So much for the upcoming rising stars of WWE getting their revenge on these D-list celebrities. It's great. This was a complete fucking embarrassment. But I would be lying to you if I... It's one of those things, man. You know, it's like you see the most disastrous fucking car crash on the highway, and everybody's just jam-packed bumper-to-bumper traffic, and you're going like a half a mile an hour on the highway. You see all this fucking commotion, ambulance lights everywhere. You see four fire trucks and four police cars and a fucking gurney and a car that's fucking impaled on a guardrail somewhere. You know how you rub a neck when you're watching this fucking shit, just sitting around, you're just turning around? It's like, it's like you can't take your head away from it because it's something out of the ordinary. You see this disaster happening, and you shouldn't be looking, but you can't turn away. That's exactly how I felt about this match. 
A fucking disaster. But it was entertaining. And I love the Jackass movies, man. I'd be lying to you if I didn't crack myself up fucking crying. Crying laughing at the Jackass movies. But this shit did not belong on WrestleMania. This match made Joey Janela proud. Not the pro wrestling fans that actually watch WrestleMania to be in the pro wrestling realm. Enjoy good pro wrestling. Sami Zayn deserves a fucking race. That's all I know. Sami, Sami Zayn's a gem and WWE doesn't deserve the, the, the services of Sami Zayn. That's pretty much it. A fucking car wreck. But it was an entertaining car wreck, to say the least. And I got to feel bad for Jesse, man. I got to feel bad for Jesse. I don't know if Jesse's in the chat. My partner on Wednesday nights, you guys can go follow him on YouTube at Chi-Town Smark on YouTube. He does AEW Dark watch-alongs and AEW uh, Dark Elevation watch-alongs. He gets you guys in the know and gives you guys his opinion on all the AEW talent. He got blocked by Kevin Owens tonight because Jesse tweeted Kevin Owens that Sami Zayn's performance tonight was embarrassing. It sucked. It was lame. Jesse got benched by KO WrestleMania weekend, man. I'm sorry to hear that, bro. I'm sorry to hear that, man. Maybe you shouldn't blast somebody who was just in the main event with Stone Cold Steve Austin the night before, man. Now you know how it feels. Sasha Banks, Naomi, Baszler, Natalia, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella, and Zelina Vega. This was for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. There was a report on Ringside News that Sasha Banks, if I could find it, and I was going to talk about this maybe in an extra tomorrow night, but I'm going to try and pull it up now. Sasha Banks was supposed to be in Ronda Rousey's position last night. Ronda Rousey took Sasha Banks' spot at WrestleMania 38 when she returned. So this was actually talked about by Dave Meltzer on the Wrestling Observer Radio. And he talked about Sasha Banks' future with the company. He noted that Banks was among the top four female superstars besides Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, and Bianca Belair. But when Ronda Rousey made her comeback, she stole Sasha's spot in the company, which then WWE had to figure out what they were doing with Sasha Banks. And this nothing irrelevant match for the despicable and pathetic and waste of fucking gold and leather tag team titles. That's what they did with Sasha Banks at WrestleMania. Meltzer says this, and I quote, because Sasha Banks would seem to be the one, you know, like when the whole thing started, it was always clear that when they put the rosters together for this year, it was Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, and Bianca Belair as the big programs for WrestleMania. But then Ronda Rousey came back So she kind of got that Sasha Banks spot. So Sasha Banks kind of just been twirling around waiting for something to happen. And maybe the tag team thing is where she's going to go, you know, for house shows. So Dave Meltzer talked about Sasha Banks ultimately going from the SmackDown Women's Championship and Charlotte Flair, which to me, if Sasha and Charlotte was the match, I honestly think it would have been a great match because that's how great Sasha Banks is. They moved that match to whenever, and they put Ronda Rousey in that spot. So Ronda Rousey stole Sasha Banks' spot at WrestleMania. 
I'm not sure if Sasha Banks really appreciates that whatsoever. You know how I say fuck Bill Goldberg? I honestly think I need to kind of transfer the trademark of fuck Bill Goldberg because I don't think he's going to be on TV any, any, anytime soon. I think I may need to transfer the trademark of fuck Bill Goldberg to fuck Ronda Rousey. I think that sounds like what I should do. So that was the news there about Sasha Banks, man. Poor Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks and Naomi entered WrestleMania in a Lamborghini Huracan Evo. This car is worth over $200,000. Sasha Banks, in a nothing tag team match for the women's tag team titles, had a better entrance than both Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey, who competed in the co-main event for the SmackDown Women's Championship on night one. Go figure. Ha, 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 ha. Good on Sasha Banks. Rhea Ripley and Sasha Banks started the match. They had an exchange that Ripley got the better of. They played uh, a test of strength in the middle of the ring. Sasha Banks clearly did not win that test of strength. Banks and Morgan then were going at each other. Each hit dives on the outside of the ring. Natalia and Baszler double-teamed Morgan to take control. Carmella tagged herself in with that fucking dumb mask of hers, screaming and banshing like a fucking gargoyle on the, on the outside. And when she's in the ring, she's making all these weird noises. It's what I hated about the Carmella act all this time, man. It's just these, these just annoying yells that she does, screaming at the top of her lungs. I don't know how anybody can enjoy that shit. So, Carmella tagged herself in so that her team could take advantage. Zelina gave Morgan a code red, and Ripley broke up that cover. Everyone jumped in and traded moves. Carmella brought Ripley down off the top rope with a her and Karana, and Zelina followed with a dive to the outside. Moments later, Morgan and Ripley each brought down three opponents with their own Tower of Doom spot in each corner. Great. Typical spot that we usually see in a multi-person match. Ripley and Morgan then gave Naomi a combo riptide and backstabber, but Banks broke up the cover. Natalia and Baszler double-teamed Naomi, but Morgan broke up the cover. Carmella stopped a heart attack attempt and gave Naomi a super kick for two. Banks gave Carmella a frog splash off the top rope for a near fall. Banks then applied a crossface, but Zelina saved her partner by pulling Carmella out of the ring. Banks then wiped out Zelina with a double knee strike off the apron. She hit the Meteora to the outside. Banks and Naomi then quickly get back in the ring, hit Carmella with a combo glam slam code breaker, and that was pretty, pretty much it. Sasha Banks pins Carmella, and Sasha Banks wins not only the women's tag team titles for her and Naomi, but Sasha Banks wins her first WrestleMania match. Ever. The streak is over. Sasha Banks can now have that one win on her WrestleMania record. A statistic that I genuinely don't even know how we got this far without Sasha Banks getting a fucking victory at WrestleMania, man. It was almost like people were calling it the reverse Undertaker. I knew they were going to win this match. Sasha Banks and Naomi win this match. Great. The match itself sucked. The match itself, nobody cared about. The match itself, the crowd itself was dead. 
Sasha Banks winning the Women's Tag Team Championships. Sasha Banks winning at WrestleMania, finally getting a win at WrestleMania. And that's all I cared about. I'm happy for Sasha Banks. The match itself should have been saved for SmackDown. Another match that should not have been on WrestleMania's card. So my question is, what are we doing with the Women's Tag Team titles? Is WWE going to do something with the Women's Tag Team Champions? Do we have a plan moving forward? Are we going to get matches with Shayna Baszler and Natalya Challenge and Sasha Banks and Naomi? I don't have any interest in that. What about Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan? How about them challenging Sasha Banks and Naomi? That could be a good feud. But my question, just like my question about Bianca Belair, when she beat Becky Lynch last night at night one, won the Raw Women's Championship, it's all in the follow-up. What are you doing with the tag team division in the women's division? There is none. None of these teams are actual teams. You're just taking singles wrestlers and pairing them in a fucking tag team and calling them a tag team. That's all you're doing. So what's in the follow-up? What are you doing to actively make the women's tag team titles and the women's tag team division, which right now there is none, better? You're doing nothing. WWE has no plan. WWE needs Sasha Banks to be at the top of their women's division, and she was not for a, a couple of months because they put so much effort into Ronda, Ronda Drowsy. They put so much effort into Charlotte Flair. They shit the bed. They fucking sucked up the entire show on night one. They put all their effort into Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair, and that was it. Everybody else felt irrelevant and unimportant. This was a token title victory for Sasha Banks. Am I happy she got a WrestleMania win? Absolutely. I love that woman. I think Naomi is great. If you ask me, Naomi should have won the Royal Rumble. Naomi should have challenged Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. Naomi should be the women's champion. After the matches that she gave us with Charlotte Flair on SmackDown, she should have been in the WrestleMania SmackDown women's title match. Sasha Banks should have been doing something a little bit more important than just fucking tag-teaming with Naomi against other women that have been irrelevant for months. Tag-team title, great. A win at WrestleMania, great. But where's the follow-up? There is none. There is none. So you can be excited about Sasha winning, but when I tell you that nothing is going to come of this, nothing is going to come of it. Nothing. Maybe we see her on Monday Night Raw. Maybe WWE takes the titles and has them legitimately float from brand to brand. I don't know. There is no plan for the women's tag team division. And if it was up to me, those titles would be finished once and for all. Edge and AJ Styles. This is one of the dream matches that WWE had given us this weekend. The other one was a Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins match that blew everybody away on night one. People still crying in my comment section. People still crying to me on my Twitter feed about Cody Rhodes. Oh, JD, he's a WWE cocksucker. He abandoned AEW. He turned his back on AEW. Stop sucking Cody Rhodes' dick, bro. He's not going to fuck you. These are the tweets. These are the comments that I got this weekend because I said something positive about Cody Rhodes. The other dream match that I was looking forward to was Edge and AJ Styles. Now, when I tell you that I've been an Edge fan since the days of live sex celebration, even before that, but singles Edge, when he was the man 
on Monday Night Raw. That's where my love for that man was at an all-time high. Loved him as a heel better than any time in his career, man. Rated R Superstar Edge is one of the best heels in WWE history. That man was perfect. He had the look. He had the music. He had the girl. He was great in the ring. He had it. He was just great. He's always been great. Edge is one of those guys that you know he takes what he does very seriously. It's not about championships right now, even though I would absolutely take him and I would make him the top of the show, man. I'd have him challenge him for a major world title. I'd have him win the major world title. If there is going to be two world titles again on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if there's going to be two, if there's going to be one, if there's going to be a floating champion between two brands. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. The man is incredible. You can see the level of passion and the level of fucking love he has for what he does. He wants everything to be the way he wants it. He takes great pride in what he does. And he's always evolving. Whether it's something he says, something as far as a promo, his approach, storyline, what he does in the ring, how he works a match. He can work all styles. You want him to go and fucking go, you know, uh, at, a, at a decent pace and you want him to work a style, he'll work that style. You want him to go slow and methodical and tell a story, he'll tell a story. You want him to cut a promo in front of fucking 20,000 fans and have you hang on every word, he'll do it. You want him to cut a promo in an empty fucking PC during the pandemic, he'll have you drop what you do and you listen to the man speak. Everything he does embodies passion is Adam Cole. This match I was looking forward to because Edge turned heel. Everybody was wondering why Edge is turning heel. Does Edge really need to turn heel? Why don't you just pair a babyface and a babyface and give us a good pro wrestling match? It's more than that. Edge is old school. He wants AJ to be the babyface. He wants to elevate AJ. He knows AJ is in a point right now where he's kind of stagnant, not doing much of anything. And Edge, he always wants to elevate himself. He wants to change the game. He felt like he was getting boring as a babyface. And I feel that's what's kind of made him make this decision. And the edge that we're getting now is not a rated R edge, but it's more like a brood edge. It's a darkened just take on edge. He's diving deep into his darkened mind, and he's giving you that that dark character that we remember from the Ministry of Darkness and the brood and, and something along those lines. And he's putting his own spin on it. He got the new theme music from Alter Bridge. He's got The Other Side by Alter Bridge off of their, uh, off of their last hero album. It's great. The theme music is fucking awesome. The whole package is fucking awesome. There was a reason why Edge went heel. We found out about why he went heel tonight and where the vision and the mindset is. AJ, he made his entrance first. And the one thing that we noticed about AJ is he came out already bloodied. AJ was already bleeding on the right side of his face, right about his upper cheek. The fuck did he do? Who beat him up backstage? Did Edge beat him up backstage before the match? What happened? AJ bloodied his face because he had a stage accident before he came out through the curtain. For those of you who watched tonight, 
You may have noticed that AJ Styles had blood on the side of his face as he walked to the ring for his match with Edge. The announcers did not say what caused the blood, and they said that they would try to find out. Brian Alvarez tweeted that the blood was caused by a pyro incident, so apparently the pyro set was going off too close to him. This happened before, and most notably several years back, we saw The Undertaker do an entrance, and he got burned by his fire pyro. It wasn't a pyro incident. It was not a pyro incident. Fans in attendance say that it looks like Styles hit his face on the WrestleMania star on the stage just before he walked out on the stage. It was not a pyro incident that Brian Alvarez said it was. So he walked out through the curtain and he accidentally hit his face, the side of his face, on the huge WrestleMania sign walking through the curtain. That's why he was bloodied on his way to the ring. Edge. Edge got one of the best entrances all all night, one of the best entrances all uh, all year, and one of the best entrances all weekend. Edge came out, and there was this throne, and he came up through what looked to be the depths of hell and smoke and fire, and he comes up, and the throne is rising up, and he's sitting there like he's the fucking king, like he's Satan himself. Light shining down on him. You see a dark silhouette of him. And there's fire. He's got skulls on his knee pad. This is fucking great, man. I'm loving this shit. This is awesome. And you got Alter Bridge. They're not typically a dark band. They're not. But the other side is one of their darkest and heaviest songs. And it fits the entire act beautifully, man. I got chills. Watch that because I'm a huge Alter Bridge mark. I'm a huge Miles Kennedy's guy. And I love his voice. I think Miles Kennedy is the best vocalist in all of music. And to hear him and that song and the tone of that song with this entrance and this character, man, I love it. I think it's fucking beautiful. I do. So Edge made his entrance and we get the match. Bell rings. AJ with a beautiful drop kick one minute in. Followed by an arm drag. Both men went to uh, counter each other. Counter for counter. Edge saw an opportunity for a spear. And stopped before he ran headfirst into the turnbuckle. Both men now on the outside. Edge went for a clothesline to knock AJ off the apron. AJ with the knee to the face of Edge. Edge went right into the steel steps. Back in the ring now. Styles with a springboard 450 splash. But Edge got the knees up. And he blocked the 450 splash. So it looked like at this point, the ribs were going to be the story of the match for Edge and his offense. So this is exactly what Edge did. Targeted the ribs first. He went for the ribs, and then he went for the shoulder. Edge slowed the match down. He worked on AJ's ribcage for a little bit. He whipped AJ into the turnbuckle chest first, a la when Bret Hart used to go chest first into the turnbuckle. So working on that ribcage still is Edge. Styles tried to create some separation here. He went after Edge's knee, but Edge put a stop to AJ's offense with a shoulder breaker. So now he's targeting the shoulder and the ribcage. AJ with a straight shot to the face, knocked Edge down with a straight right hand. Styles went for a big charge. Edge sidestepped him, and AJ went face first into the middle turnbuckle. Edge went for a suplex, but AJ blocked it into a snap suplex into the turnbuckle. AJ with some huge rights now, getting frustrated, ground and pound on Edge. Edge again stops AJ's offense with another shoulder breaker. 
Styles tried to fight back. He went for a Styles clash. Edge countered into a crossface. Styles got the ropes to break the hold. Styles hit a slingshot DDT from the apron. He goes to the top rope. Edge stops him, crotches AJ on the top turnbuckle. AJ then with the sunset flip, he flips over, floats over, grabs Edge into a torture rack, turns it into a torture rack bomb, goes for a cover, he gets a near fall. Edge now with his own DDT out of nowhere, goes for a cover, gets a near fall of his own. Edge went for a clothesline, snapped German suplex by Styles as Edge bounced off the ropes. Both guys now in the middle of the ring, Typical spot here where they're throwing haymakers at each other, throwing bombs at each other. Styles with some headbutts. Styles ends it with the Pele kick. Gets the calf crusher. Edge turns the calf crusher into an armbar. AJ turns the armbar into a calf crusher. Edge turns the calf crusher into a label lock in the middle of the ring. Edge tried for a cover, but it wasn't enough. AJ kicked out. AJ now on the second turnbuckle. Edge grabs him with a slingshot, sit-out powerbomb. Both men now on the apron. Edge puts AJ on the top turnbuckle, seated up there. I don't know what Edge was planning, but AJ slipped out. They go back up, and AJ snaps, suplexed Edge on the ring apron off the top rope. It looked like they were about to suplex each other on the outside to the floor, but thank God it was the apron. So Edge rolled into the ring. Styles with a springboard 450 and nearly gets the victory off that move. Two and a half for AJ. Edge goes for one last-ditch effort with a spear. AJ moved out of the way. Styles clash by AJ gets the nearest two-count, two-and-a-half, two-and-three-quarters of the match. AJ went to end it all. He went for the phenomenal forearm. All of a sudden, we see Damian Priest. He appears on the outside. He does nothing but stand there. And Damian Priest looked very Ministry of Darkness-esque. He looked very dark from what we remember Damian Priest looking like, man. He had this nice vest on, nice black vest, black pants. He had this big ominous cross around his neck. He had this stare, this look in his eye. He was looking at AJ. AJ was looking down at Priest. He didn't do anything. He just stood there. AJ goes... For the phenomenal forearm. And Edge catches him in a mid-air spear. Goes for the cover. One, two, three. And Edge beats AJ Styles with, I would say, an assist from Damian Priest. Because AJ was distracted by Damian Priest on the outside. Why did Damian Priest come out of nowhere and help Edge tonight beat AJ Styles? We saw this happen tonight, and it was reported by Fightful that Edge is starting a new heel stable on Monday Night Raw. The idea is to add more to Edge's heel presentation, and a few names have been discussed for the stable. Edge has new theme music by Alterbridge, The Other Side, and they got a completely new entrance for Edge at WrestleMania to get his new heel character over. I don't know if that's going to be his entrance going forward, but it may have just been a WrestleMania thing. No word yet on who might join this stable, but it looks like we will find out more tomorrow night on Raw. I'm telling you right now, man, I would add a couple of really logical names to this group. Damian Priest is great for this role. I love it. Damian Priest 
And I was high on Damian Priest ever since he made it to NXT. He was Punishment Martinez. They changed his name to Damian Priest. They gave him the Archer of Infamy gimmick. WWE had some kick-ass theme music for him. He was just presented in a very simple way that worked. He was a night guy. He loved the ladies. He looked almost vampire-esque. He looked like that villain from The Blade with Wesley Snipes. He looked like the main villain in The Blade to me. That's what he looked like to me. That's the, the kind of vibe I got from Damien Priest. Cool, and he was just fucking... He, he, he was just great. He played the role great. Then they moved him to Monday Night Raw. They changed his theme. They wanted to give him some sort of shtick on Monday Night Raw, this Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde sh- this bullshit that Vince turned him into. It was embarrassing. It did not work for him. It was not Damian Priest. It, it, it did not work. It, it was forced. The fans knew it was forced. Uh, yeah, Deacon Frost. Yes, D- he reminded me of Deacon Frost from Blade with Wesley Snipes. That's what he reminded me of. And Deacon Frost, man, let me tell you something about Deacon Frost. Deacon Frost was great. He was a great fucking villain, man. He made that whole movie for me. Then they moved him to Raw. They gave him this Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde gimmick. It didn't work. It felt forced. WWE paired him with Bad Bunny. They thought that pairing him with Bad Bunny at WrestleMania last year would get him over to the next level. They made him United States champion. He was protected. Damian Priest was protected. They got his finisher over. They got his moveset over. He was the United States champion. He was undefeated for a very long time. More so than anything. And then all of a sudden, we start to see the downfall of Damian Priest. Losing matches, lost the title. The gimmick was not getting over anymore. Started to get booze. People did not find interest in this. I'm going to turn angry now, Damian Priest. Nobody, nobody was buying it. This is going to work, and this is going to get him to that next level. And working with Edge and being aligned with Edge? Bro, if you can't get over now, there's no hope for you. If this does not work out for Damian Priest, there's no hope for him. But I love it. I think this has major, major potential. Who would I potentially add? Who would I potentially add to this group? There are a couple of names that I could see being added to this group. Let's start with the main roster. I could see... I could see somebody like Dominic Dijakovic being added to this group. It's about time we get rid of this T-bar gimmick. This shit sucks. Dijak is way too talented to be fucking straddled with T-bag, T-bar, the rest of his career. Shed that gimmick, put him in this group, and get him in there with Edge and Damian Priest. I think that would be great. That's number one. I heard rumors of Elias. I don't know how true that is. I don't think that would work. I got other names better than fucking Elias, okay? I have no interest in seeing Elias under a new moniker, a new gimmick, and a new name sitting there with Edge. Don't care. What about, what about Dexter Loomis? It's about time we take Dexter Loomis out of NXT. I think it's about time we take Dexter Loomis and stop with this fucking comedy bullshit dressing him up like a fucking sexy cowboy when this guy is a psychopathic killer, man. This guy was great when he first debuted in NXT. I loved the gimmick. I think he would fit perfect with Edge 
and Damian Priest. Now, that is something that I don't see happening because they'd have to call up Dexter Loomis. They'd have to call Dexter Loomis up from NXT. I don't know how likely that is. You know who lost his final NXT match this Saturday? He lost to Tony D'Angelo. Tommaso Ciampa. I could see psycho killer Tommaso Ciampa come back. I could see Tommaso Ciampa standing side by side with Edge. And Tommaso Ciampa always referenced Edge as somebody that he looked to as an influence. He used him as as someone of an influence to get back to doing what he loves to do, professional wrestling. They had the same injury. The same injury that kept Edge out for nine years. Tommaso Ciampa came back and continued to work at a great level that we know Tommaso Ciampa could work at. Can you imagine Tommaso Ciampa, Damian Priest, and Edge in a fucking three-man group? I could buy that. I don't want Tommaso Ciampa to get called up to the main roster and fucking die and wither away like Finn Balor and everybody else that they called up from NXT. Tommaso Ciampa is way too good for that shit. I think that would work out beautifully. Loomis, Champa, Dijak, one or all three. You want your new group? You want your new super group? There you go. As far as this match goes, I've seen a couple of people saying, oh, it was boring. This match was boring. Edge is boring. AJ was boring. What the fuck are you looking at? What are you watching? What are you watching? These are the fucking geeks. That said, Johnny Knoxville was the best thing on WrestleMania Night 2. No! We saw these two guys go at it at their level. Two hours into the show, we finally got a pro wrestling match that everybody fucking cared about, and you want to go on social media and claim that it was boring. I'm sorry. You must hate professional wrestling. I thought this was great. And I'm very excited about Damian Priest and what he brings to the table here and what it's going to mean for him Moving on from that shit Vince McMahon gave him to ultimately be paired with one of the best guys that they got right now in Edge. I'm looking forward to it and more of it. We'll see tomorrow and hear of it tomorrow on Monday Night Raw. Sheamus. Sheamus and Rich Holland versus The New Day. This was actually cut. From night one. They cut it because of time constraints. The New Day actually went on social media and complained about it. So did Seamus. I don't know what the New Day said, but some people told me that uh, Kofi Kingston went on social media and complained about their match being cut. Seamus posted nothing but a scissor emoji signaling that the match got cut. And I read a report that I got cut because of time constraints for night one. Fine. This is one of the best things that you got about a night two of WrestleMania. Whatever don't make it on night one, you could just move to night two. Did this need to be on night two? No. Did this need to be on WrestleMania's card? No. WWE wanted this on the card to get everybody involved, and then when we got it, the match barely lasted two minutes. So again, I ask, why did this need to be on WrestleMania's card? I don't understand it. I don't. This was a complete waste of fucking time. New Day came out, and they wore singlets like Big E. So that was their big WrestleMania, hey, look at us moment. They wore singlets like Big E. The color scheme was the same, and the theme was the same that Big E wore when he won the world title. 
Sheamus and Holland attacked the New Day during their entrance. When the match started, Kingston immediately hit Holland with a Trouble in Paradise, but Sheamus broke up the cover. Sheamus gave Kingston a bro kick outside the ring as Woods gave Holland a super kick. Butch, you know, the guy that used to be called P. Dunn, the guy that used to look cool, the guy that everybody at NXT loved. Triple H, William Regal, Shawn Michaels, Road Dogg, they all loved Pete Dunn. Now they named him fucking Butch. And they turned him into a 1940s fucking paper boy. Pete Dunn, Butch. Yeah, I could really see him main eventing WrestleMania with Butch as his name. Butch caused a distraction which allowed Sheamus to give Woods a bro kick behind the referee's back. Holland followed with the Northern Grit, his finishing move, and that was it. Pete Dunne, after the match was over, jumped into the ring, and like, he reminded me of Scrappy-Doo, man. He reminded me of Scrappy, well, who was Scrappy-Doo to Scooby-Doo? What was his, uh, his little cousin? Right, his little nephew? Well, what was he? Well, what type of relation did Scrappy-Doo and Scooby-Doo have, man? Raggy? Raggy? Where's Scrappy-Doo, Raggy? He looked like a little fucking boy jumping into the ring that did not get his allowance for the week, and he took it out on poor Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. He started to beat down Xavier Woods in the middle of the ring, going at it, little baby punches on uh, on Xavier Woods. What the fuck are you doing with Pete Dunne? He looked like a little child in there. Really? Nephew. It's his nephew. He reminded me of Scrappy-Doo in there, man. That's not a look that I want to see Pete Dunne embody on the main roster. You got a world-class professional wrestler in there that you got in Pete Dunne, and you turned him into a... And what's with the fucking suspenders, bro? Why is everybody in suspenders? That's what I want to know. Is this the look that you think of when you look look at people that are from Ireland and love to go to the bar and drink Guinness? Is that what you look like? You know, I've never seen anybody in any bar, in any establishment that I went to, that drinks Guinness and wears fucking suspenders. Everybody's in suspenders. Pete Dunn's in suspenders. Seamus, Rich Holland, Karrion Cross is in fucking suspenders. The fuck is going on here? A complete waste of fucking time. Complete waste of time. This match should have been saved for SmackDown. Not even SmackDown. We've been seeing this shit. Seamus has been feuding with these two for months now. He moved on from Ricochet. Now they're feuding with the New Day. Over what? Over what? Over a 4x4 four four that was destroyed. That's what they're feuding over. Big E broke his neck. Rich Holland got his neck broken. Uh, Big E, rather, got his neck broken by Rich Holland. I don't get it. That's what you do with this feud? Rich Holland broke Big E's neck, and then you have Rich Holland pinned, pinning Xavier Woods in one minute at WrestleMania? Holy shit. Thanks for coming. Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee and Austin Theory. This was easily up until this point. And I mean no disrespect to Edge and AJ Styles. That was the best wrestling match of the entire night. This was probably the best thing on the entire show just because of the crowd reaction that Pat McAfee got from the WrestleMania crowd tonight. Vince McMahon, he came down and he walked down the aisle. 
He introduced Austin Theory, and he said Austin Theory is a future world heavyweight champion. He said Austin Theory is a future universal champion. So what does that mean? Is the universal title not going away? It's not going anywhere. So for Vince McMahon to say that, you know where Austin Theory sits in the mind of Vince McMahon. I know for a fact that Vince McMahon sees a young John Cena in Austin Theory. And good. When I look at Austin Theory at 24 years old, I see somebody that's going to be the future of this company. When Austin Theory's 30 years old, he's going to be main eventing WrestleMania. Maybe, maybe even before that. That's why Vince McMahon said that. They want to get you prepared. They want to get you mentally prepared for Austin Theory. Austin Theory is going to be a future universal champion 100%. So he came down and introduced Austin Theory. He took a selfie with Vince McMahon. All smiles was Austin Theory. Pat McAfee came down. He got the big entrance with the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders dancing on the stage. And he makes his way into the arena. His theme music was Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes. And I thought this was awesome. Crowd hummed along to it. They even hummed along to it during the match while he was wrestling in the ring. Pat McAfee came out, had a football. He punted the football into the fucking crowd, deep into the crowd at at and Stadium. This was great. I loved everything about this. Pat McAfee got in the ring. And it almost felt like, and the way I would describe this is, when Pat McAfee was in the ring and the crowd was going crazy, everybody was on their feet for Pat McAfee, he brought this crowd to life, did Pat McAfee. The theme music also aided in that. People started to hum along to his fucking theme music while the theme music wasn't even playing during the match. It reminded me of a late-inning baseball playoff game. And the crowd, the home, the home team was going crazy, trying to get into the opposing team's head by psyching them out. That's what it reminded me of, man. They did, Pat McAfee did an exceptional job at what he did tonight. And the whole atmosphere was, it was almost like it was a true ballpark sports environment with Pat McAfee in there, man. That's the vibe I got. He is fucking incredible. He really is. He is more over than anybody else on that ride. It's fucking sad, number one. And I don't mean that towards any, towards uh, Pat McAfee and any disrespectful way, but they should have actual fucking WWE roster members, wrestlers, as over as Pat McAfee is. And he's more over than anybody on that entire fucking card. It's unbelievable. So McAfee got an early near fall off of a back elbow and a hurricanrana. Guy can fly around. Guy delivered a nice Huron Karana to Pat McAfee. Crowd was chanting for McAfee. Like I said, they were humming his theme song. Theory dropped him with a backbreaker and took over as the crowd started humming White Stripes. I loved it. It just gave the whole match a ballpark vibe. I love it. McAfee came back with a nice vertical suplex. He drove Theory off the apron and Theory bounced off the announce table. McAfee put on the headset and started to do color commentary while he was beating down Austin Theory during the match. He was trash-talking Austin Theory through the headset. And I thought this was great. Vince McMahon is sitting there by the commentary table. He's watching everything that's happening. 
He's watching every move that Austin Theory makes. He's watching everything the commentators are saying. He's listening to everything that's going on. So he's got the headset on. He's talking trash. McAfee then takes a huge glass of water and throws this water in Austin Theory's face. So McAfee goes into the ring. Austin Theory's in the ring. He goes up to the top rope. He tries for this huge swanton bomb. This is Pat McAfee. Theory dodged out of the way, and he hits a backdrop on Pat McAfee. Goes for a cover, gets a two count. Theory then tried pushing McAfee off the top rope at one point in this match. McAfee flipped off the top rope, landed on his feet. Theory could not believe himself. McAfee then runs up the turnbuckle, jumps up to the top turnbuckle in one fluid motion and delivers a beautiful superplex off the top rope. This was fucking awesome. Absolutely incredible. Crowd went fucking crazy for Pat McAfee. Theory dodged a punt and dropped McAfee with a left hand. Theory went for the ATL, but McAfee slipped out. Used the schoolboy, and that was enough for the victory. And Pat McAfee wins in about 10 minutes over Austin Theory. Crowd went crazy. After the match, McAfee was sitting on the top turnbuckle. Vince McMahon was not pleased with Austin Theory. Gave Austin Theory a pep talk on the outside. Then all of a sudden, Pat McAfee's doing one of these things with his hand. He's telling Vince McMahon to get into the ring. There were rumors weeks ago. Before the Pat McAfee show and Vince McMahon being on the Pat McAfee show, there were rumors that Vince McMahon was going to challenge Pat McAfee to a match at WrestleMania. No, not going to happen. That would be ridiculous. Why would they do that and actively announce that for the show? That's a complete waste of time. That's a waste of Pat McAfee's talents. It makes more sense if it's Austin Theory. That's exactly what it was. They set up the feud with Austin Theory and Pat McAfee. But Pat McAfee's in the ring. He's doing this with his hand. Vince McMahon is teasing getting in the ring, and then he backs away. Teases getting in the ring, backs away. Takes his jacket off. He takes his tie off. He starts uncuffing his dress shirt. Pulls his dress shirt off. He's standing there in a black wife beater, is Vince McMahon. He's built like a fucking house at 76 years old. I wish every 76-year-old looked like Vince McMahon. He gets into the ring, and then we get a fucking match. The bell rings. We get a referee. Vince McMahon has an actual official match at WrestleMania 38. I could not believe what I was seeing. So, all of a sudden, Pat McAfee gets drilled from behind by Austin Theory. And Vince McMahon says, all right, that's good. Get out of the way. I got this now. I got it. So, now he's going to take advantage of Pat McAfee during this match. McAfee gets to his feet. Bell rings. McAfee ran into a couple of clotheslines by Vince McMahon. McAfee got to his feet. Theory tripped him up. Crotched him using the ring post. Theory handed McMahon a football with the Dallas Cowboys logo on it. McMahon teased punting the football into the crowd. He did that a couple of times and said, nah, I'm not going to do that. He instead punted the ball into McAfee's ribs. McAfee, uh, Vince rather, pinned McAfee. And that was it. So he won the match against Pat McAfee after punting the football in his ribcage. Vince goes for the cover and gets the one, two, three. 
and gets the victory over Pat McAfee. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. We got a Vince McMahon official match and 50-50 booking of Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee had a very good 10-minute match with Austin Theory. It was everything that you would expect and everything that you wanted to see from Pat McAfee. And Vince McMahon was single-handedly responsible for booking Pat McAfee in a 50-50 booking situation. It's crazy. At WrestleMania. So they're standing in the ring, and McMahon is celebrating with Austin Theory. I I knew something was going to happen here because Austin Theory's music hit, and Vince did one of these. He's like, he gave this surprise shock look on his face. He thought somebody was coming down the aisle to come and, you know, ruin their celebration. But it was Austin Theory's music that hit. All of a sudden, Stone Cold's glass shatters in AT&T Stadium again for a second night. He walks down the aisle, and Stone Cold Steve Austin is there to once again confront Vince McMahon at WrestleMania. Crowd went crazy. Everybody on social media was asking the same question. What time zone am I in? What year am I in? It's 2022. We saw Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestle a match, and we get Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon on night two of WrestleMania. The fuck is going on here? I don't understand what's going on here. So McMahon and Steve Austin again in a ring for the final time at WrestleMania 38 in 2022. Austin attacked Theory immediately. Austin Theory is a fucking gem. I love Austin Theory. Austin Theory has now replaced The Rock for taking the best stunner ever. Even Scott Hall took an incredible stunner. Austin Theory is now in first place for best sell of a Stone Cold Stunner. Austin Theory sold the Stone Cold Stunner better than anybody in Stone Cold's entire career tonight. It was fucking beautiful. He will look back at that when he's 60 years old and say the same thing that I'm saying now. I sold the stunner the best out of everybody in WWE history. Unbelievable. He rolled out of the ring. He's out. So then Austin looked at McMahon, and McMahon tried to plead with him. Austin called for some beers. So the timekeeper threw him some beers. He handed one to Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon's like, wait, 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 wait. He opened the beer. He took some sips. And he's, uh, he's tasting it on his lips, and he's tasting it on his tongue. His stone cold uh, is uh, Vince McMahon. And Vince is like, ah, it's good. That's good. Hey, you got, you, got some stuff, you got yourself some good stuff here. So he's drinking the beer, and he takes a big gulp of it. You know what's coming next. He kicks McMahon in the gut, and he delivers a stunner. But before Steve Austin delivers the stunner, after Vince gets kicked in the gut, He stumbles backwards, he falls on the ropes, he finally grabs his footing, and Stone Cold Steve Austin, remember when I just told you that Austin Theory had the best sell of the Stone Cold Stunner ever? Austin went from delivering the best Stone Cold Stunner ever to delivering the worst Stone Cold Stunner of all time on a 76-year-old Vince McMahon. I don't know why anybody thought it would look good. Linda McMahon was number one for the worst Stone Cold Stunner ever. She has now been replaced and has been relieved of her duties. 
Now that goes to her husband, Vince McMahon. Even Donald Trump took a better Stone Cold Stunner. The worst stunner of all time. I don't, it's like his legs, it's like his legs were spaghetti. And he just fuck, it's like you cook spaghetti, man. You know how you cook spaghetti in hot water for about five to six minutes? Al dente, and they bend, right? That's what Vince McMahon's legs look like. Al dente spaghettis. Guy just fell to the, he didn't even fucking take a bite. He just fucking plopped over. And Stone Cold laughed about it. Nothing else he could do about it. Drank beer. He celebrated. Pat McAfee got into the ring and shared a beer with Pat McAfee. He gave McAfee a stunner. I wouldn't be surprised if Pat McAfee wanted to take a Stone Cold stunner. The best part of it all, McAfee got the stunner, rolled to the outside. He grabbed the beer while laying on his back, selling the stunner. He was drinking beer on his back, sipping the beer while he was laying there, selling the Stone Cold stunner was Pat McAfee. And that's the way the segment left. That was it. Crazy. This was a complete shit show. But I loved every minute of it, man. It's the last time. That stunner was the worst ever. The worst stunner of all time. It is the last time we will ever see Stone Cold and Vince McMahon in the ring under these circumstances ever. So there is a level of Jesus fucking Christ that was terrible. But I think everybody thoroughly enjoyed what we saw tonight. And Stone Cold Steve Austin, man, if there's any doubt in his mind about, I don't know if I should come back, I don't know if I should have did this. I honestly think Kevin Owens did such a fantastic job last night that I don't think Stone Cold has anything to worry about. I really don't. And I'm going to say it again, man. For, for all the Kevin Owens doubters out there and, and the people that don't really get Kevin Owens and appreciate Kevin Owens, WWE owes Kevin Owens. I really, really hope WWE returns the favor for Kevin Owens and he gets a, a decent run at the top of the card on Monday night. I really do. He did everything that he needed to do, plus some. He went above and beyond to make sure that Stone Cold was safe, and he delivered what a lot of people thought was not possible, and that was a passable Stone Cold Steve Austin match for 15 minutes in 2022 at 57 years old. WWE owes him a lot of credit. So Stone Cold should be very proud about what happened this year, and if this is it, which I hope it is, and I don't want to see him come back and wrestle in Saudi for big money. I, I don't think he wants it, and I don't think he needs to do it. And I don't want to see it. If tonight is the last we see of Stone Cold in the ring, he has nothing to be ashamed about, man. Everybody loved everything he did tonight, and they ate it up. Main event time. Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. This is a winner-take-all, universal title, and WWE title on the line. I love the video package of Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns before the match happened. We've seen this about a dozen times this weekend because they played it all over the pre-show. They did Metallica's All Nightmare Long, and that was the theme for the Lesnar and Roman Reigns video package. So I love when WWE uses appropriate heavy metal music for their video packages. It just goes perfectly. And Metallica is synonymous with Triple H. Metallica is synonymous with The Undertaker. They even use Kid Rock, Ba with Ba. 
for Stone Cold Steve Austin's video package with Kevin Owens. It fits perfectly. More of that, please, man. I love those musics. They, they, they go perfectly with the stories that you're telling, you know? The video package was great. WWE could sell you fucking anything they want through their, through their, uh, their, their video package team. The people who are in charge of the video packages, they are the, the best the company, you know, the best in pro wrestling, the best in the industry. They could sell a, a fucking Eskimo ice on the side of the road. Great. Roman Reigns got his entrance. He came out first. Nothing really overly spectac- spectacular about Roman Reigns' entrance. It was a pretty standard Roman Reigns WrestleMania entrance. Fireworks went off in the arena. He took his time getting there. They showed that cringe CGI Roman Reigns graphic on the outside of the stadium as fireworks were going off. And Roman Reigns made his entrance. Lesnar, nothing really about Lesnar's entrance. He did the usual shtick. He came out looking to kill. He came out looking for blood. Fireworks went off around the ring post when he made the leapfrog to the apron. That was pretty much it. Roman Reigns took the microphone and said, WrestleMania, not even Dallas, WrestleMania, acknowledge me. Paul Heyman did the introduction for Roman Reigns. Brock Lesnar did his own introduction and told Mike Rome to go fuck himself and the bell rings. So we're off here and the match started with Lesnar clubbing Reigns in the back with some forearms. Threw his power around and within the first 60 seconds we got three suplexes by Brock Lesnar. We already know where this match is going. Reigns then gets tossed to the outside. Lesnar starts to stalk Paul Heyman. Heyman is yelling at Lesnar as he's stalking Heyman. I love you. I love you. It was all Roman Reigns' idea. I love you. It was all a trap as Reigns got to his feet and speared Lesnar through the timekeeper's barricade. Lesnar laid there up until about an eight, nine, nine and a half, and he rolls back into the ring. As soon as Lesnar gets into the ring, Reigns with a spear and gets a very close two count. Reigns then sets up a Superman punch. Lesnar's down. Lesnar's in trouble. Another Superman punch. Lesnar's getting up. He's laughing at Reigns. After the Superman punch, he's laughing at Roman Reigns. Reigns goes for another Superman punch. Lesnar catches him. Five German suplexes by Brock Lesnar. The tide has now changed to Brock Lesnar's favor. Brock Lesnar went for an F5. Roman escaped. He delivered another Superman punch. That's his fourth Superman punch up until this point. So Roman sets up another spear. Lesnar picked him out of the air in mid-spear. F5 by Brock on Roman Reigns. He goes for a cover. He gets a two count. He goes for another F5. Reigns raked the eye while he was on Lesnar's shoulders. Referee was trapped in the corner. Reigns speared Lesnar and speared Lesnar into the referee. The referee goes down. While the referee is down, Lesnar gets a low blow by Roman Reigns. Heyman then slips Reigns the universal title. Lesnar gets hit in the head with the universal title. Referee comes to. He makes a cover on Lesnar. He only gets a two count as Reigns after his attempted sheet to win. Reigns ran the ropes. Very weird looking takedown by Roman Reigns from behind. It looked like he went for a cover. 
or, or he went for a spear off the ropes. Lesnar on his back turn. Reigns doesn't go for spears from behind, only in front. So it must have been a mistimed issue or a uh, some sort of miscommunication error there by Brock Lesnar. He was clearly out of position. So Reigns went for a spear. Lesnar was supposed to be turned around. He was not turned around, and it looked like an ugly takedown by Roman Reigns. But the commentary said that uh, Roman Reigns only got half of it. No, that's not what happened, Corey Graves. It was a botch. Lesnar botched and was supposed to be turned around, but he was not. Weird-looking takedown by Roman Reigns. He went for a cover. Lesnar got the ropes. I don't think the spot was supposed to happen where it happened. Another spear, but Lesnar took the spear. He caught Reigns in the spear, and he put him in a Kimura lock in the middle of the ring. Lesnar had it locked in for a good 45 seconds. So Heyman, on the outside, all you see with the camera angle that they're shooting here, Heyman on the outside is, all you see is his, his, I believe it was his right hand, pushing the rope into the ring so Reigns and his fingertips could grab the ropes and break the Kimura lock. He was in this Kimura lock for about 45 seconds. Reigns is yelling that his shoulder is out, my shoulder is out, my shoulder is out. I legitimately think that there's something wrong with Roman Reigns, and I'll get to that in a second. It looked like it was serious because at first I thought he was just selling, and then I didn't think he was selling anymore. Lesnar was going to deliver another another F5. Reigns slipped down Lesnar's back, delivered one more spear, and that was it. That was what did Lesnar in. After the Kimura lock and an F5 attempt, Reigns with one shoulder slipped down Lesnar's back, one spear with an injured shoulder, and a one, two, three, and Roman Reigns is your new WWE and Universal Champion. He's the new unified world heavyweight champion of WWE. He held both titles up. One title he held all the way up. One title he held halfway up. I I don't know if he got legitimately hurt. I honestly think that he was selling. I want to think that he was selling. I hope to God that man's not hurt. I hope to God he's not hurt. The way Roman is, I would bet money on him actually selling the effects of the Kimura lock. I don't think he's legitimately hurt. So it came off that way, but I think Roman Reigns is just too good at what he does. He wins the title in the most anticlimactic fashion. This was not the greatest wrestling, uh, the, the greatest main event WrestleMania match of all time, the biggest WrestleMania main event match of all time. That was all bullshit. The end of this match and the match that we got showed you why that all the hype that they do is fucking sad and pathetic. It was nowhere near the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. Nowhere near the biggest WrestleMania match of all time. This match did not even top their WrestleMania 31 match. How many main events has WrestleMania had with Roman Reigns in it? And none of them have been better than his WrestleMania 31 match with Roman Reigns. None of the matches that they've been in together even come close to what they did. And that was baby Roman. This is the tribal chief. This is the head of the table. And this is the match that we got? If I'm Roman and I'm looking back at my body of work and I'm looking at this match and I'm looking at that match fucking seven years ago, I'm not a happy camper. I'm not. This shit sucked. 
When I look at a WrestleMania main event, I look at fucking excitement. I look at, oh my God, this was great. This is a championship level match. This wasn't a championship level match. This was legitimately cut and paste from every other fucking match that these two have had over the last seven years. They brought nothing new to the table. Nothing new was executed. And it got a predictable outcome that I thought everybody knew coming into this thing. And everybody said, oh, The Rock's mother is sitting ringside. The Rock's mom is at WrestleMania. We got no Rock. The show went off the air and WWE even teased something potentially happening at the end of the show. They had the trademark logo show up in the bottom right of the screen and the show continued to go on for another 90 seconds or so. And normally when they do that and the show continues to run, something else is going to happen because they want you to think the show is over at that point. The show ended with Roman Reigns holding both titles up in the air. No rock, anticlimactic, all the hype about this match was fucking ruined because the main event match, the bones of the match, fucking sucked. This feud is over. It was a fun ride while it happened. We got some decent promos from Lesnar. We got some decent promos from Paul Heyman. We got some destruction by Lesnar. But the end and the final chapter of this thing, it made everything feel like a complete waste of time. And that's the way WrestleMania went off the air. Roman is now the champion. Universal champion and WWE champion. What do we do? What are we doing? Are we ending the brand split? Because that's exactly what needs to happen. Monday Night Raw got its best rating in over, I would say, a year and a half. Because of that show on Monday night, that go-home WrestleMania Raw, where SmackDown and Raw were on the same show. The, The show sucked. The show was booked like shit. But it drew the best rating in a year and a half for Monday night. Roman Reigns was there. Everybody was on hand. All talent was on deck. That's what they need every week on Monday and Friday. The brand split needs to end. Now that Roman Reigns is the undisputed champion of the company, the brand split needs to end. I don't care what anybody says. For those that say the brand split coming to an end is going to make the shows worse, you clearly are a fucking idiot. Do you see what SmackDown is right now with one brand? How could you possibly convince me that ending the brand split and merging the brands is going to make SmackDown from what we see it now worse? We don't need two championships. We don't need two women's championships. We don't need two tag team championships. We don't need a women's tag team championship. We need one title across the board. One woman's title, one tag team title, a U.S. title, and an intercontinental championship. WWE's got a stacked roster with more NXT talent set to be called up including Braun Breaker. That's what needs to be done. There needs to be a complete overhaul of both shows. Fuck the TV networks. I don't want to hear USA Network, NBCU, Fox Sports, Fox executives telling WWE how to run their show. Fuck the networks. I don't give a shit what Fox wants. I don't care what NBC wants. Fox doesn't want USA's roster. USA doesn't want Fox roster. They want separate rosters. It ain't working. It never worked. WWE abandons the fucking rules every chance they get. Survivor Series means nothing at the end of the year. Nothing. 
They don't play up the brand split. They don't play up the individual rosters. They don't even have any conflict between both shows. I thought this was supposed to be the Yankees and the Mets. I thought this was supposed to be the fucking Lakers and the Celtics. I thought this was supposed to be the best fucking feud in all pro wrestling, Raw versus SmackDown. But it's not. The fuck are you doing? Roman Reigns is now your sole champion. End it. That's what needs to be done. If that's not where they're going, there still needs to be one world championship. What I projected WWE to do, what I what I asked WWE to do, what I creatively booked here, is WWE should retire the Universal Championship. Now that Reigns holds two championships, the Universal Championship, if they want one world champion, the Universal Championship should be retired. Roman Reigns is the longest reigning Universal Champion ever. Nobody has beaten him Nobody has come close. Retire the title. It's not like they can't bring the title out of retirement. Roman Reigns should be the WWE champion, and that is it. They're not going to end the brand split because I know they're afraid of doing the right thing. Retire the universal title. Who is going to beat Roman Reigns? Who is going to beat Roman Reigns? You may not like this idea. You may not like what I'm about to say. You may think it's cringe. But I honestly think WWE has run out of ideas with Roman Reigns. I don't know how much longer they can continue the tribal chief thing. If they want Rock versus Roman, nobody knows if that's going to happen next year. Is WWE going to be able to creatively book Roman Reigns all the way up until WrestleMania 39 next year with the world titles? Does The Rock and Roman even need a world title? Who should dethrone Roman Reigns? Is there anybody on that roster right now that you would deem worthy enough to dethrone Roman Reigns? We've seen him conquer everybody. You name them, Roman has slayed them. But one. If I'm WWE and we're in the year 2022... And we all know Rock and Roman is what they desire and what they want at WrestleMania for the main event next year. It doesn't need the world title. It's all about the treble chief. It's all about the family lineage and the family about who the head of the table is in the Anawaii family. I'm having Cody Rhodes dethrone Roman Reigns. I'm having Cody Rhodes dethrone Roman Reigns at SummerSlam this year. I have Cody Rhodes win the money in the bank. I have Cody Rhodes cash in. And I don't have him cheat to win. I have Cody Rhodes cash in. This is his dream. Cody dethroning Roman at the end of the year at SummerSlam, August, for the WWE Unified Championship. That's what I'm doing. Cody Rhodes should be the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Shoot me. Complain about it on social media. Go ahead. That's what, that's what should be done. Who's going to bring the most interest to the WWE World title? Who? I dare you to mention one name more interesting than Cody Rhodes. That ain't happening. There is nobody. Oh, Drew McIntyre, man. Nah. Give me a break. Drew McIntyre. Cody fucking Rhodes should be your new WWE undisputed 
heavyweight champion. It's the reason why he's back, right? Roman Reigns, I think it's about time he loses the championship. I said it for all these months, 600 days, he shouldn't lose the championship. There is nobody else. Oh, what about Braun Breaker, man? No. Braun Breaker ain't even ready for the main roster. You want Braun Breaker to fucking take the title off Roman Reigns? Give me a break. Give me a break. Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. WrestleMania Night 2 did not live up to Night 1. WrestleMania Night 2 was more along the lines of what I actually expected for all of WrestleMania. Was WrestleMania a thumbs-up show this year? Yes. Am I excited for Monday Night Raw? Raw after Mania? Yes. Did WWE pull it off this year? Yes. I still think what I said last night, and this is a low bar because the WrestleManias of the past several years have been dog shit. WrestleMania 38 was the best WrestleMania that we've gotten since WrestleMania 31. I still stand behind what I said last night. Night one was obviously better than night two. There was a lot to take in here, a lot of memorable moments. Like I said, night two did not deliver really. I was mostly and largely disappointed with this show. I wasn't I enjoyed some of it, but the overall vibe I got tonight, it was nothing more than a large arena filled 70,000 person smackdown. That's all it was tonight. Guys, I appreciate you, man. It is 2.24 in the morning. You guys are still going strong. We got 4,600-plus in the venue. You guys are unbelievable, man. I appreciate y'all. 2,000 likes, 2,100 likes, you guys. Unbelievable. Four new members tonight. Unbelievable. Super Chats. Unbelievable. Thank you, guys. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And make sure you guys continue to get those Super Chats in. We're going to read them right now after I plug my friends over at Blue Chew, man. BlueChew.com. It's that time of year, guys. Weather's getting nicer. It's time to get up off the couch. It's time to get outside. Enjoy yourself. It's also time to get back into the bedroom, man. Seriously, Blue Chew can help you with that. Confidence can take you guys far in life, man. And when you feel confident, you're at your best, especially when it comes to stepping up to the plate, that's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, put in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You guys can take them anytime, day or night. You can plan ahead and be ready whenever the opportunity arises. The process is very simple. BlueChew.com is where you sign up. You consult with one of their online medical providers... And once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part is, it's all done online. No visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, and they are prepared and shipped direct to you. Right at your front door in a very discreet package. First impressions are always important, guys. You only get one of them. With Blue Chew, you're going to make a lasting impression. So if you guys can benefit from that extra confidence when it's time to reform, why not give Blue Chew a try, man? You guys can try it for free. BlueChew.com. You guys are going to use code JD at checkout. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. That's BlueChew.com. Code JD. And I want to thank them for once again sponsoring the podcast this WrestleMania weekend. 
right here on Off The Script. Let's start at the top with the Super Chats, man. We got Woke with a $20 Super Chat. And then he does a $199 Super Chat. Honest coverage all week. You sit atop the throne. Woke. Thank you so much, bro. Nate with a $9.99 Super Chat. Hey, JD, I too enjoyed last night's Night One show. And I can't stand what WWE does weekly with Raw and SmackDown. And I'm an AEW guy through and through. But whenever WWE puts on a good show, I enjoy it. Nothing wrong with that, Nate. I love Night One. Night Two, I'd probably give a uh, 4.5 out of 10. I'd give night one. Lauren Hutton with a $2 super chat. I rewatched night one. It was good. Cody and Seth was good. I'm glad you enjoyed it, Lauren. I thought it was great. PMAC with a $5 super chat. Went out for my birthday with the wife and the kids. Had a good meal. Watched the... Shitty night two of Mania. Now about to hit up the casino with me and the wife. I'm sorry you had a uh, a downer of an evening with WrestleMania, bro. Never, 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 especially on your birthday, worry about what WWE is doing, man. No matter if it's WrestleMania or not. Just go enjoy your day, bro. Michael Raymond with a five-dollar super chat. JD, are you also hoping for Rikishi to appear and mess up Roman? When the Usos angrily confront him, he just responds, "I did it for the Rock." Uh, no, Michael. I do not want to see Rikishi on WWE television. Lauren Hunt with a five-dollar super chat. Night one definitely surpassed night two. No Rock, no Cena, and Vince had a match. What the fuck? Looking forward to Edge's new faction. RK, bro, will split soon. I'm looking forward to Edge's faction as well. I think Edge is great. Pillow Smutch. Or Pillows Much. With a $50 super chat. Pillows. Thank you so much, Pillows. We could use you on Monday night, Pillows. Where are you? Night two was trash-tastic. You know, that gets a uh, that gets a cheers, Pillows. I appreciate that. Jeremy Harris with a $10 super chat. Well, you called it, JD. Night one was better than night two. And it was nothing but comedy on night two. What a disaster, man. Edge and Styles was good, but night one was better. You called it. JD, you're the best. Cheers. Thank you, Jeremy Harris. When WWE does something right, man, more times than likely, nine times out of ten, they always let you down, man. Always. Brandon Jefferson with a 199. Vince looked like a zombie in Resident Evil. Jesus. Man, did he look that bad to you guys? I know he's got a lot of work done on his face. 
But he's built like a fucking house, bro. ECW Hardcore with a $2 Super Chat. I never want to see a two-night WrestleMania ever again. Well, I'm sorry, ECW, bro. You're getting a two-night WrestleMania next year because they've already announced it for April 1 and April 2 in Los Angeles. It's going to be the way that WrestleMania is for the time being. Munchy time with a $10 Super Chat. Night 2 was all right. Definitely worst half of the weekend. Edge's entrance was fantastic, as well as the match. McMahon is jacked for his age. Main event was underwhelming. 6 to 6.5 out of 10 for night two. It's quite generous of you, Munchie Time. I say a four and a half. I knew night two was not going to beat night one, man. There was no fucking way. Matthew Ryan with a 199 Super Chat. I don't think The Rock is coming back. I don't really care if he does or he doesn't, man. Maybe they do WWE, uh... Maybe WWE does Cody versus Roman next year at WrestleMania. I don't know. We'll see. Esato Fortune with a Canadian $5 Super Chat. Well, JD, I was sports entertained. Is Edge bringing back the Ministry of Darkness? If so, if so turn the Viking Raiders heel and Omas fill in for Viscera. Now, I don't want to see Omas anymore on my TV, man. The Viking Raiders... They don't need Edge. They need out of WWE. That's what they need. Get them the fuck out of there. Uh, Cam G, who's crying about Edge's new theme? If anybody says anything negative about Alter Bridge, man, I'll personally fucking get, get you out of here. Myself. Don't even, don't even think about it. Elijah Record with a new membership. Elijah, what are you drinking, brother? Round is on me, man. Thank you for sitting VIP. Right here on OTS. CJ the Lone Wolf with a $5 super chat outside of Cody versus Seth versus Edge and Becky versus Belair this year. WrestleMania wasn't anywhere near what WWE hyped it up to be, in my opinion. I told you this going in, CJ. Hula Grim, I don't, I don't, listen, man, I love you, bro. What, what, what are, the, what are they saying, man? What, what, what did they say, man, that you had to bench them? Negative shit talker. What, what, are, what is everybody saying? CJ, thank you, brother. Frank Aquilino with a 999 Super Chat. Never understood the Cody hate. He put over MJF, Darby, Sammy, and Black. Fuck the Cody hate, bro. Cody's awesome. You know why I'm excited about Monday Night Raw tomorrow night? Cody. That's why. La Sombra. With a Mexican $20 super chat. Give the title to Cody ASAP. I need a fresh face. Uh, Volt, get out of the chat, bro. Volts, I told you, bro. I don't fuck around, man. Get the fuck out of the chat, bro. Goodbye, Volt. Goodbye, bro. I told you what not to do, and then you do it anyway, you fucking moron. 
Miles owns your soul, bro. Get the fuck out. Goodbye. Goodbye. Seen Miles eight times. Guy is 52 years old. Got a better voice than fucking anybody on this planet, man. Go fuck yourself. Go brag about it on social media. La Sombra, thank you, bro. Uh, Mr. Zacky Boy with a $10 UK Super Chat. Night one was like watching professional wrestling. Night two was like watching a Vince McMahon acid trip. Overall, WrestleMania 38 was a fun two nights. Also, my girl Sasha Banks finally won a WrestleMania. Definitely felt like an acid trip, brother. Yeah, man of a thousand five holds. Vault is now on the other side. <laughs> oh man. Elijah record with a $20 super chat. What a fun weekend. Capped off by OTS. Can't think of a better way to end the weekends. Elijah, thank you so much, brother. And you're a new member, man. Appreciate you. Jake Coyle with a UK $5 super chat. Night two was mid. Six out of ten show overall. Bradley Robinette. With a one uh, one ninety nine super chat. Night one was much better, but a decent show overall. La Sombra becomes a new member. Thank you, brother. What are you drinking, man? I got Presidente in the chat, bro. You want Presidente? You want uh, Los uh, Dos Equis? What do you want? Don't drink that Corona shit, man. You got to drink that. You want Modelo? I got Modelo. I got the good stuff, man. You don't drink that Corona shit. It's like fucking water. Michael with a 199 Super Chat. Mania 38 is my favorite Mania. And Pat Entrance is fire. I heard Pilana Productions gave Night 2 a 10 out of 10. Pilana's IQ is about a fucking 10. What a fucking moron, man. Who the fuck listens to that half-witted idiot? Jesus Christ. Guy's like a fucking pillow. One, 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 one minute he's cold, the next minute he's hot. Presidente is a Dominican beer, is it? I always thought Presidente was a Mexican beer. I learn something new every day, man. Uh, Ta- Tommy Brannigan with a five dollar super chat. Awesome WrestleMania, amazing weekend. And the king of the IWC, JD, for his amazing podcast, to follow OTS for Life. Thank you so much, brother. I did not know that, man. Dominican. You know what beer, you know what beer I don't like, man? You guys ever you guys ever drank red stripe, man? That shit sucks. Holy shit, man. I remember I remember drinking. I remember drinking uh, No Name. You could get the fuck out of the chat too, bro. Goodbye. Goodbye, No Name. Goodbye, No Name. You fucking idiot. You 
All right, thanks for trolling, bro. Get the fuck out. You could miss it. Now you gotta spend another four weeks waiting to be a chat member in the in the fucking live stream. Um, yeah, Red Stripe sucks, man. It's like a Jamaican beer. Uh, Tommy Brown again. Thank you so much, brother. Vince McMahon's nuts smell like money. With a UK 179 Super Jack. Gable Stevenson. Well, it's Gable Stevenson, Vince. Gable Stevenson will be the man to beat Roman. No, thank you. Jonathan Bordeaux with a $5 Super Chat. Night one felt like a WrestleMania. Night two felt like a Raw show. Exactly what I said, bro. Night two felt like a 70,000 seat SmackDown. Sean Steegers with a $50 Super Chat. Thank you, Sean. I didn't like the finish. The way they portray Roman was not the way he was presented tonight. And he made his bloodline look weak. Right champion, wrong execution. The tribal chief and the head of the table not winning like that. Cody, Seth, and uh, what they did stole the show. Absolutely. I agree with everything you said, Sean. Thank you for the 50, brother. Thank you for being here, man. Joseph Taylor with a five-dollar super chat. WWE just tweeted out Roman Reigns is the Universal Champion. I think that's a mistake. Wild Stallions seventy-seven with a five-dollar super chat. Not enough Sunday stuff and too much replay crap from Saturday. Could have been a, a one-day show. It could have. They know what they did on night one was great, and they needed to show you all over again because they knew night two was going to be lackluster. Steven Vandelli, what's up, brother? Seven months. Thank you for the commitment to the VIP club, Vandelli. Happy birthday, Hologram. It's still yesterday on the West Coast. Real metal head with a $5 super chat. Favorite thing about tonight was Pat. Last night definitely was way better. I loved Cody's entrance. Cody had the best entrance all weekend. Just because of crowd reaction. Edge was probably number two. Darkstar 50 with a $2 super chat. This was shockingly good WrestleMania altogether. Yeah, it was it was the best since 31. I'd say. For sure. Real Metalhead with a $2 Super Chat. I'll take a peanut butter whiskey. You can have whatever you want, brother. Tracy Hines with a $5 Super Chat. WrestleMania was awesome. Hoping WWE gets better. I enjoy your show. You are so funny always. Thank you for all you do. Thank you, Tracy. I appreciate that, Tracy. Cheers to you. I hope WWE gets better, too. That's all I want. For all the haters that think I'm negative, that's all I want. I just want a better show. AJ becomes a new member. Thank you, AJ. What are you drinking, brother? You're sitting right back there with me, bro. VIP. 
Theo with $40 in Super Chat. Jay, the Austin Theory is god-awful, but Pat McAfee definitely earned my respect in the ring tonight. Theo, Pat McAfee was great, and the Austin Theory is anything but awful, bro. Can we definitely see a Demon Finn Balor versus a heel Edge sometime this year? This Edge gimmick is so good. Can't wait to see more matches. Thank you, Theo. Austin Theory is not god-awful, bro. Joseph Versleys with a UK $5 super chat. Logan's performance was the highlight of the weekend for me. Aside from the Rhodes and Rollins match, it's 6 a.m. here in the UK. So I'm tagging out OTS for life. Joseph, thank you so much, brother. And Logan Paul was impressive. Roman Reigns is legit hurt, people are saying. I kind of felt it. I don't know what's going on with him, but hopefully it's not serious. Omas! Omas and Omas! Omas and Omas! Get off my fucking TV and save me the misery, he says. I'm glad you and I agree, Omas, that you need to be off TV. Aaron Benjamin with a 199 Super Chat. Thank you, brother. Nicholas Johnson with a $5 Super Chat. Pat McAfee. For the brand. Pat McAfee's awesome, bro. Pat McAfee was awesome tonight. Ricardo Linnell with a $5 Super Chat. Back at my favorite venue, the OTS venue. I'm glad Omas lost so he can go back to guarding Titus's cheesecake and catering. Well done this weekend, JD. I'm about tapped out, guys. I really am. I love you all, but I'm about tapped out, man. I'm exhausted. King Mo Jackson with a 199 Super Chat. Most of the show bored me. Roman and Brock killed it. King Mo, Roman and Brock was not good at all. It was the same match that we've been given over the last seven years, man. Tool Nilla, uh, I don't take song requests, bro. I have whatever I have already programmed into my soundboard, and all I do is click a button. I don't play songs that get me copyright strikes, especially on WrestleMania post shows. Ricardo, thank you, brother. King Mo, thank you, man. Aaron Benjamin with a 999 Super Chat. Huge fan of the podcast since the Royal Rumble 2016. I just want to say... WWE need to do the right thing by Cody because you not about to present Cody with that type of entrance and not push him and don't script his promo, Bruce. Aaron, I said all of this last night, brother. I said all this last night, man. I totally agree with you. Cam G with a $10 super chat. I love this new Evil Edge theme and all. I don't know about you, JD, but I'd love to see Cody versus Edge. Much love to you, the tribal chief of the IWC. Uh, we will be getting Edge versus Cody at some point, man. It needs to happen. Saj, Sage with a 499 super chat. Not that I 
give a damn about Roman vs. Brock, but the main event was hot garbage dumpster juice. I agree, brother. That shit was not a WrestleMania main event, man. Brett Robbins with a $5 Super Chat. Cody has stated several times that he's the best wrestler in the world. Where did this delusion come from? Guessing this is why he wanted more money. Ah, uh, Brett. Cody is a fantastic pro wrestler. Is he the best wrestler in the world? It depends on what he means by that, but... Is Cody the best storyteller in all of pro wrestling? Yes. Does he make you feel more than anybody else? Yes. That's why he said what he said. And I agree with him. Sean Stiggers with a $10 super chat. Roman saying, WrestleMania, acknowledge me, was cringe. You've been mentioning the city this entire shtick. Why not now? Protect McAfee at all costs. I didn't mind it, bro. I didn't mind him saying WrestleMania and not Dallas. Everybody knows what city we're in, man. It's in, it's in the fucking logo. Ricardo Linnell with a $5 super chat. What do Johnny Knoxville, Pat McAfee, and Logan Paul all have in common? They all have better matches this weekend than the Android Queen. Get her off my TV. Oh, yes. Johnny Knoxville and his match with Sami Zayn was better than Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. Cody is a better storyteller in the ring than Omega. Yes. Yes. Omega is a better professional wrestler. Cody Rhodes is a better storyteller. Abhimanu with a Canadian $10 super chat. I used to listen to multiple wrestling podcasts. Then I found you. Now I only listen to one. Your Discord community is top-notch. Wish you nothing but continuous success, world-class podcaster. Brother, thank you so much, man. That's the comment of the night right there. Abhimanu with a $10 super chat. Shed Power with a $20 super chat. WrestleMania was an absolute blast and pleasure to experience in person both nights. So many memories that I will take with me like Cody's return and Steve Austin. But my question for you is, who beats Roman finally? I'd say Drew. No. No. Drew McIntyre has not beat Roman Reigns, man. Uh, Shed, I talked about this at the end of the Roman and Lesnar match. Cody Rhodes should beat Roman Reigns. Don Doro with a 499 super chat. Edge is the GOAT. Love what he's doing. Pat was awesome. Night two was okay, but not great. Thank you, Don. Jared Carnage with a $20 super chat. Sami Zayn and KO are national treasures. Indeed, they are, bro. Love them both. Ricardo Linnell with a 499 Super Chat. Thank you, JD, for keeping the venue open all weekend long. The ending to the main event needed some blue chew. 
Oh, and fuck Ronda Drowsy. Yes, I think we're going to transfer trademark to uh, Ronda Rousey, man. Fuck Ronda Rousey. Bill, Bill Goldberg right now, for the time being, has been relieved of his duties. El Ahmed Gaming with the 499 Super Chat. Cody to the moon. Cameron Grimes is awesome, man. So is Cody. Golden Boy with a $5 Super Chat. WWE is already promoting Reigns vs. McIntyre for future shows. Yawn. But I'm a wrestling fan, so I'll tune in to see Cody. Other than that, repeat matches. Cody is making Monday Night Raw must-see tomorrow night, man. So is Edge. And Veer. Can't forget about Veer. Mr. Collector with a 199 Super Chat. Dana Brooke hated catering today. I hate when Dana Brooke is on TV. Cry me a river, Miss Brooke. Jedi Joker with a $5 super chat. Hit the thumbs up, you goons. Props to Hooli last night. And JD, if you need an extra mod, hit me up. I'll fill out an application. I'm going to need more mods, bro. I need people that are going to take the role seriously and not abuse it. Now, Hooligrim, why why were you benching people, man? What, what were they saying, man? Why were Why were people needing benches? I mean, what did I say tonight that was out of the ordinary? Did I not give you an honest review? What are you getting mad about? Uh, 64 Panda with a 499 Super Chat. Just met Kofi Kingston. Took a pic today with him in the deep Elam. He's a real cool guy. By the way, I did not watch the show, and I live in Dallas. Kofi Kingston looks like and sounds like a swell individual, 64. Uh, Veer was in NXT, yes. They were a part of Indus Share. Well, he was a part of it. Him and Shanky, I believe, was in the Share. Somewhere, something like that. They said that AJ and Edge sucked. Yeah, so, so do all their mothers cooking. Sucks. VC Stallion with a 199 Super Chat. VC Stallion, thank you, brother. I just lost you. There you are. Thank you for not calling Cody a sellout. Cody's not a sellout to me, bro. If you told me, if you felt like Cody's a sellout, I'm not going to argue you. But I'm not going to say Cody's a sellout because I gave you the reasons that I gave you last night on the show. Just take that and accept it. That's it. Uh, Chris Elliott, 1989, with a $2 Super Chat. Cheers to JD, the Messiah of the IWC. Thank you, brother. Jonathan Snipe with a 199 Super Chat. Thank you, Jonathan. Big Kane, 23, with a 499 Super Chat. I got Solo Sokoa winning the title as the Usos turn on Roman Reigns. No. No. DB with a $5 Super Chat. There's one man that will take the title from Roman. Mr. 9 to 5, no rock. What the fuck? Keep up the good work, JD. You have awesome music. WWE gave up on night two. Coil Phoenix with a $5 super chat. Hey, JD, now that WrestleMania is out of the way and Cody is officially here, what would you want to see happen before he takes the title from Roman? I want to see him win money in the bank. Not that. WWE has any sense. They'll probably just give him a title shot just because 
but I'd like to see him earn it. Alter Bridge's best album, Blackbird. Jared Carnage. Uh, that's uh, that's a shame, Hooligram. Good job, bro. Jared Carnage with a $20 super chat. 20 for the bench business. Working hard two nights in a row. Much appreciated. Thank you, Jared. Always appreciate you, man. Astro Neek with a 499 super chat. Just seen Roman's shoulder actually hurt on a clip on Twitter. Looked really gruesome. And Twitter handle is at wrestlingnews.co. Go check it out. They're uh, they're a very reputable site, man. I enjoy their work. If he's really hurt, I hope it's not all that serious. Let's see. Let's uh, let me go to the site now. Photos: Roman Reigns may have been injured at the end of WrestleMania. Let's see. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. I don't know how. How did he get that? What is that bump from? Did Lesnar really fucking snap his arm? Can you imagine Lesnar fucking ends Roman Reigns' run because of him legitimately snapping his arm in a Kimura lock? Holy shit. Terry Allen with a 499 Super Chat. Love Miles with Slash 2. When they do Guns N' Roses songs live, Miles sings those songs as good as Axel in his prime. Let me tell you something, Terry Allen. He probably sings them better than Axel. Not going to sit here and compare Axel Rose and Miles Kennedy, man. And I've seen Miles with Alter Bridge eight different times, and I've seen Miles solo with his solo shtick. He was incredible, bro. Canvas with a $5 super chat. How many royal families does wrestling really have? And in all actuality, are the McMahons the top and true royal family of this wrestling industry kingdom? Yes. You know, they created pro wrestling. That's what they would tell you. The Anawaii family, right? But the McMahons are number one, for sure. In their eyes. It's a subjective thing. Michael Reed with $2 Superjet. AJ and Finn versus Edge Stable. I could see that. I could absolutely see that, bro. I don't believe... I don't believe Lesnar dislocated his fucking shoulder from the Kimura, man. Was that a Lesnar shoot? I don't know. Joseph Taylor with $2 Superjet. WWE says Roman is the universal champion. Riddick Classic Arcade. Final Super Jack. Cody saying is that there's more than one royal family wrestling, which is why he's the perfect one to dethrone Roman Reigns and the Anawaii family. Well, it looks like Brock Lesnar may have dethroned Roman Reigns if Roman Reigns is actually hurt. Ethan with a $5 Super Jack. I just saw a close-up of Roman's arm. I think he's legitimately hurt. He's got a big bump on his arm. I just saw it. I just saw it, man. A1 Steak Sauce. 
with a 199 Super Chat. I need to pour some of me on Sasha tonight. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Troll with a $2 Super Chat. We love you, JD. You made my night. Thank you, Troll. Jedi Joker with a $5 Super Chat. I'll take the mod roll seriously. If you give me the opportunity, don't you worry. Canvas with a $5 Super Chat. What if Scott becomes bronze speaker a la Paul Heyman? Talk about sports entertainer Jericho. LOL, just kidding. I know it's fantasy booking. WWE would never give Scott Steiner a live microphone, man. He goes off the rails whenever the fuck he wants. Steven Escalante with a 199 Super Chat. Cody had an interview with Ariel Hawani earlier. Yes, I heard about it. Should be good. And yes, I did hear the commentary team say Lesnar, or Roman rather, popped his shoulder back in after the match was over. I, I hope it's not... I hope it's not serious, man. That would be terrible. Anyway, guys. I think I'm tapped out, man. I think I'm tapped out. Yo, Jesse, listen, bro, listen. If you don't wanna, if you don't wanna be blocked by pro wrestlers anymore, man, you're gonna have to pop, you're gonna have to stop putting sour cream on your tacos, bro. Now you know how it feels to be in the podcast business, bro. I make sure this place is clean, man. We're not opening tomorrow until raw. I'm exhausted. I'm sleeping in. I'm sleeping in. And listen, Issa's going to be back soon, bro. Issa's going to be back soon. I don't know why this floor is fucking sticky, bro. Issa's not even here, man. She didn't, uh, she didn't make the floor wet. He got some Roman Reigns tonight. She's not here. This fucking guy, man. This guy, this guy's crazy. This guy's fucking crazy. Anyway, guys, I'm getting out of here. So tired, man. Whoa, long weekend. All the major shows, man, we covered it. All the major shows, we got it done. I'm too tired to fight with you, man. I don't even know why you're still here, bro. Go to bed. Go to bed, bro. We got our boy Cody Rhodes tomorrow night, man. We need to be uh, we need to be rested. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for all the likes. Continue to hit that thumbs up. Thank you for almost 4,800 people in the live chat tonight. Thank you for the super chats. Thank you for the new memberships. Thank you for becoming VIPs, man. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed. Go check out Blue Chew, man. Check it out. Sign up. It helps me out. That's why they are still with me, man. BlueChew.com. Code JD. Get your free sample. And I'll see you guys live in the venue tomorrow night for Monday Night Raw, man. Going to be a big one. Going to be a big one. Anyway, guys, I'm getting out of here. I need two things from you before I get out of here. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. Number two, you guys know what that is, man. When you hear that guitar solo come on and you hear the sweet sounds of Pilot, I need that music on max. Get some rest, guys. It's going to be a busy night, Monday night for Raw. And I'll see you right back in the OTS venue for the live stream 
for the Raw After Mania. I'll see you guys later. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.